Welcome to MCU Complete, the podcast where we talk about the movies of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. My name is Crystal, and with me is Luke. You had me at high. Now, Luke. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> These Jerry Maguire references are going to get harder and harder to do because I haven't actually seen that movie. <laughs> show me the money. Right, I know. Show me the money. You complete me, and you had me at hello. Luke, I have one very important question for you before we start. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's up? Oh, uh, not a whole lot. I've been playing a lot of the Metal Gear Solid video games this past week. Oh, yeah? Got that platinum trophy in Metal Gear Solid 3 HD. Congratulations. Shot all those dumb little frog toys. Now, how many times have you platinum Metal Gear Solid 3? Uh, this was the first time. Did you get the thousand thousand on Xbox? Uh... I don't own it on Xbox, but I don't like what your I don't like where your head's at. This is bad. Okay, you gotta get the PC achievements. Uh, I don't think they put it out on PC. Okay, well you got the platinum. Congratulations. Yeah. Uh huh. Yep. And now I I work it on MGS4. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's a pretty good video game. It is a pretty good video game. A lot of people don't like it, just like a lot of people don't like the movie Iron Man 2. Yeah, but what's funny is they're wrong to dislike Metal Gear Solid 4, and they're right to dislike Iron Man 2. Oh, is this going to be our first heated episode? I think it might be, and I'm excited. (laughs) Okay, okay. Tell me a little bit about your relationship with Iron Man 2, which is the film we watched for this week. Sure. Uh, So, I, like I said before, I saw Iron Man and The Incredible Hulk in theaters. And I was underwhelmed enough by both of them to kind of, like, stop caring about Marvel movies. Right. I was, I got out fast on Marvel. Uh, But then, like, so Iron Man 2 came out and Thor came out and Captain America came out. I didn't really care. And then the Avengers happened. And eventually the Avengers came to, I think, I think it was on Netflix for a while, right? Yes. Yeah. And, uh... It was a point where they had, like, all the Phase 1 Marvel movies on Netflix at the same time. And I was like, all right, I'm curious to see how they make this happen, I guess. So I just had a day, I had, like, a week where, like, once a day I would watch one of the Phase 1 Marvel movies. And got uh, increasingly more disappointed until Captain America. <laughs> yeah, okay. that Yeah, that about checks out. Yeah. Uh, this movie's a mess. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's a fair thing to say, I think. But I still kind of like it. Friend of the I, show, AJ, describes it as structurally being like a uh, an ensemble movie, but with every part played by Tony Stark. Yeah, okay, I, I see where he's coming from with that. And I think that's part of my problem with this movie is that it doesn't have a clear through line. I think, I, I talked about this on Twitter, the first hour of this movie, I was really into it. I was like, man, what... I'm, like, mad at how much I'm enjoying this. Was I wrong? Is this a good movie? Was Crystal right? Uh, 
And then the second half happened, and none of the things I was excited about paid off in interesting ways, and I got really grumpy. Yeah, I agree that this movie sets up a lot of very interesting things and then does not satisfyingly pay them off. Yeah, I... I, We're gonna talk it out, because, you know, I I haven't thought about this movie much since I saw it back whenever The Avengers came out, uh, and then watched it today. So we'll we'll talk about it, and I'll figure out my feelings as we go, but this movie might be a little morally reprehensible. Yeah, I see where I see where you're coming from on that. We will we will talk about that. Yeah, I might hate the ethos of this movie. <laughs> yes, uh, and I might like, really hate Tony Stark. So Jean Favreau always imagined Iron Man as being a trilogy. Okay, but this movie it, it feels more like a few episodes of a TV show more than it does yeah. Act Two of a trilogy. I think that's that feels about accurate, and yeah. that's partially kind of why i like it it's just like we plucked like four issues of a comic book in the middle of a run of iron man yeah yeah definitely it, it just it's very scattershot and it has kind of similar to iron man one it's got some ideas about things it wants to say and things it wants to like criticize about our culture that then it just doesn't actually know what to do it, it's like it's got a good idea but it can't figure out how to express itself right also, like Iron Man 1, there's not actually a ton of scenes in this movie where Iron Man is just being a superhero. No, there's extremely few. Yeah. Uh, it is It is very much just Tony Stark being a jerk-off for most of the running time. So do you want to get into the Bad Libertarian movie? Uh, yeah, I guess. Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> what, are we watching The Incredibles this week? I thought we were watching Iron Man 2. Well, okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm, okay, I'm not going to do Incredible Discourse. <laughs> we can't okay. do this right now. No. <laughs> uh, you've linked me to the transcript of the script. Yes. Which I might actually reference this time. Instead of having tons of moments that I force you to edit out later, I'm just like, uh, let's see, I'm skipping ahead through this action scene. Hold on. Hold on. What happens next? Hold on. Uh, but it opens with the, you know, the Marvel, the Paramount logo and everything, with a voiceover of the last scene of Iron Man 1. Right. Which I like. It's a, it's a good way to get us back into it. Yeah, and uh, two two men in Russia are watching it on the TV yeah. with Russian uh, subtitles. That is one thing I wanted to say before we get into the movie here. They took a year off between Hulk and this. Yeah. That is wild. <laughs> Can you imagine a year without a Marvel movie? I mean, that is pretty hard to imagine these days, yeah. I struggle to imagine a world with only one Marvel movie a year. Yeah, they make three of them a year now. Yeah, it's... Uh, I mean, again, I think that's probably just owing to the fact that they didn't know if the whole idea was going to pay off, so they didn't want to queue up a million movies to go that then we're all going to bomb. Right, they didn't want to do what DC did. Right, exactly. But yeah, you it's... start slow and then ramp up. Right. But yeah, it was just very surprising to me to see that 2009 had no Marvel movies. Yeah, so... Anton Vanko is watching Tony Stark say, I am Iron Man on TV. He's just laying there dying. Yeah. And he calls out to his son, Yvon. Yeah. And then there's just a pan to <laughs> Mickey Rourke in the hallway with his head pressed, pressed against the door holding a bottle of vodka. Yeah. Uh, God bless Mickey Rourke. He really <laughs> he really put his heart and soul into the role of Yvon Vanko. He is the second best part of this movie. He, I really wish they had given this character more because mickey Rourke yeah. does the best he can he's he's doing a very good performance and i like what they're setting up with this character 
but yeah, they, they then he just kind of sits in a room at some point for the rest of the movie. I want bird. Yeah. <laughs> I want bird. Oh man. <laughs> God, I love the shot of his head against the door. It's a very long shot, dying too. father is calling to Because it's like the, the camera is on one end of the hallway, and it just slowly pushes into him at the opposite end of the hallway. Yeah, it's it's good. <laughs> so, you know, Anton says, that should be you up there. Right. And then he dies. Yeah. And, dies. Uh, and Yvonne cradles his dead father in his arms, and he mm-hmm. starts crying. And this gives him motivation to start working on... The Arc Reactor. Right, he pulls out blueprints for the Arc Reactor that have Howard Stark and Anton Vanko's name on them. Yeah. What ah. the heck? And this this whole scene is filmed a lot like the one in the cave with the box of scraps. Yeah, there are some shots that are, like, blocked and shot the exact same way. Like, him hammering on that anvil is straight out of Iron Man 1. Yeah, he's kind of in his own cave with the box of scraps. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got a pet bird, and he's got a bunch of posters of Tony Stark on the wall, because he's obsessed with the man. Right. Can I just say, one positive thing I'll say about at least the Phase 1 Marvel movies, they're very good at starting movies. I like the beginning of all three of these movies a lot. Yeah, I guess so. Not so good at ending them, but you know, one out of two ain't bad. <laughs> I, I mean, it is. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh... But yes, yeah. yeah, he gets cracking <laughs> like a whip on uh, making his own weird shit. Do we see his whips at this point? Uh, I don't think we see his whips, no. Yeah, because this is, uh, what's his supervillain name? It's like whip, whip, Whiplash. Whiplash. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, so, so cut to six months later. Yeah. Tony's jumping out of an airplane. There are, there in the trailers, there are a bunch of scenes of him saying, like, give me a kiss to Pepper, and then she kisses the Iron Man helmet. And then Tony jumps out of the plane and says, you complete me. So, wait, seriously? Yes. <laughs> but that's, like, relevant to this show. That is kind of the name of our podcast. Is that why you from... named us MCU Complete Me? No, because it's a good pun. <laughs> okay, great. Well, I'm glad that they agree with us. But they cut this out of the movie because... Pepper and Tony are, are still not actually in a relationship. They're still not actually in a real relationship, which I, I like. You know, it feels believably slow, um, but eh, we'll get into it. Yeah, so he jumps out of the airplane. He lands in the middle of the Stark Expo. There's a weird moment when he's diving where you hear, like, a clonk, and he, like, gets hit by one of the fireworks that are going off. <laughs> yeah, I guess he does. Yeah, I'm not... It's a weird moment of comedy that they don't really, like, focus on at all. You just hear a sound effect and he kind of stumbles in the air for a second. <laughs> huh, yeah. Yeah. There's a bunch of sexy ladies and sexy Iron Man outfits dancing around him as yeah. he gets unsuited by the robot. Right. And he gives this speech that's very self-aggrandizing about how he has single-handedly brought about, like, a new world order. He... He... Okay. One of the weirdest things about this movie. Yeah. He, it implies that Tony Stark has ended the war on terror. Yeah. I was going to say, one of the weirdest things about this movie is it implies that a man wearing power armor and jumping into combat zones without any authorization and beating people up at his whim has led to greater world stability. But Luke, he's a smart, self-made businessman, unlike the bad government. (laughs) Right. Yeah. uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, I guess the solution to world peace was actually just to make a better gun. Uh Uh-huh, pretty much. Um, Yeah, I I don't understand that at all. 
Like, now I, this is. I think the like the conflict that would be interesting because the whole thing in Iron Man One is that there's a combat zone that the U.S. military like is powerless to go into because of like bigger political machinations, and he goes in and saves the people at like the ground level. And I feel like that that, that makes more sense to me. The idea that he is a people's hero that the governments of the world kind of hate. Yeah. The idea that he is helping the governments of the world reach a new state of peace is nonsense. He he is help he has made the world enjoy its longest period of inter in, uninterrupted peace in years. Which uh I mean how much time has passed between this and Iron Man 1? 6 months. Oh oh yeah, I guess that would have to be it. Yeah, so so okay, sure. You know what? I guess that's longer than there had been in a long time. So he ended the war on terror for six months. Yes. And then he came back for uh, The Punisher. Because mm. The Punisher has to go to Iraq. Oh, great. You know, that's a good show. Uh, yeah, I, I haven't watched it. Uh, but yeah, I'm not he... saying Uncle Sam can kick back a lawn chair sipping on an iced tea because I haven't come across anyone who's man enough to go toe-to-toe with me on my best day. Yeah. So, at this point, I like this movie. Because I'm watching this, I'm like, oh, okay, they're setting up this idea that... Tony Stark has fallen back into this state of, like, complacency and hubris that he was in Iron Man 1. It's just now he's, oh, fuck you, I'm a superhero. And the arc of this movie is him, like, having to be humbled again, and then that's how he'll succeed in the end. That's a cool no, this arc, scene, I like it. <laughs> this scene and the the Senate scene are just yeah. completely straight. They're just You're just supposed to think he's so charming and winsome, and that's insane. A lot of people have problems with this movie because they think Tony Stark has kind of backslided in his character arc. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Do you? Yeah, well, again, because I think Iron Man 1, the idea is that he just doesn't give a shit. He's rich and likes to fuck around in his garage. Iron Man 2, it's... He, okay, he has some sense of moral duty, I guess, because he's Iron Man. Um, but he still has that same arrogance that, like, yeah, I'm the best guy and everyone can fuck off and just let me do my thing and just say thank you now and then. But that never, like, I agree it is it is kind of worse here than it was at the end of Iron Man 1 because yeah. he is dying and he doesn't know how to deal with that. Sure. But that never, like, actually fully went away in Iron Man 1. He was still kind of a dirtbag at the end of that movie. No, I agree that he was still kind of a dirtbag, but... I think that, you know, you get scenes of him angry that people won't believe in him now that he's trying to do the right thing. Like, you you get a sense of his moral sense of duty in that movie that seems absent from his Iron Manning in this movie. Well, he completed the mission, Luke. Yeah, I guess that's true. He did end the war on terror. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this movie feels a lot to me like Rocky Three, where he's won, he's a champion, and now he's just turning into an asshole about it. Kind of. Which so, is fine, except unlike Rocky Three, you don't get the moment where he, yeah, gets the shit beaten out of him and has, like, his best friend and mentor die. Anyway. I mean, you kind of get that moment, but not really. Nah, not really. Uh, but yeah, he finishes this speech. He's opened up the Stark Expo, which is kind of like a... Uh, it, what's that? Like, CES. There we go. But for military weapons, maybe? No, it's for all sorts of technology, and it runs for a whole year. Oh, does it run for a whole year? I missed that element of it. Yeah, uh, the MCU wiki places this movie in April because Tony Stark's birthday is April 29th. All right, that makes sense. So, like, runs from April to December. Okay. I guess you could do that. Oh, is it still going on in Iron Man 3? No. 
Okay, so I know Iron Man 3 takes place at Christmas time. It's Christmas 2012. Okay, okay. Uh, but yeah, he's uh, he's just kind of a real asshole, and then he goes backstage and takes out a little thingy that tells him his blood toxicity is at 20%. Yeah, what does that mean exactly? <laughs> I guess he's got 20% toxic blood. But... Any vampires it mean, like, come around, his blood they is twenty percent palladium. I, well, we're gonna see as we go. That blood toxicity number goes up fast. Uh huh. <laughs> it is. I love this dumbass storytelling shorthand thing they have, where you just got a little gadget that says, "Hey, yeah, you got twenty percent toxic blood. That's bad. You have less, please." It's real goofy, but not like in a way I'm fine with. Uh, there's there's a scene where Tony plays an old video from the 70s of yes. his father, Howard Stark, giving a speech for the original Stark Expo. Yes. This is kind of setting up some of the conflict that Tony has in this movie about his bad relationship with his father. Yeah, uh-huh. The, the conflict he has for, you know, 15 minutes. Okay. <laughs> I mean, like you said, it feels like, like just a chunk of issues of a comic book. Where, like, that, okay. was the, that was the conflict for this month, but now we're moving on. We're just going to shit on my favorite Iron Man movie? Oh, well, I'm sorry, Crystal. <laughs> it's not. No, it's not my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Crystal, you know what this show is. You knew this was coming. Okay. <laughs> uh, so there's there's a big first-person scene where Tony's walking through the crowd and signing stuff, and he meets Stanley, who is playing Larry King. Yes. Um, uh, and so- Happy Hogan actually has some lines in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Do you think Stan Lee... So he's still... Stan Lee is canonically dead as of The Incredible Hulk, right? And no, he is not. Who... Well, and what do you mean? Well, I watched him die. This is... this is That was Stan Lee. This is Stan Lee. No, no, this is Larry King. No, that guy wasn't Stan Lee. How do you know? Prove it. <laughs> Stan Lee has a better house than that. Maybe not in the MCU, because in the MCU... The Marvel comic books never existed, so he wouldn't be rich off of making all these characters. Oh, so, you, okay. I'm saying this is an alternate universe where Stan Lee, you know, probably made some comic books, but never really got famous in the way this Stan Lee did. Okay. So and then he died a tragic death when he drank some uh, Brazilian soda and was like, wow, and then dropped okay. dead. Stan Lee is dead. This is this is Lerald King. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh. Tony Stark gets served a subpoena by the lady from House of Cards. Yeah, it's this whole long thing where him and Happy are just like, oh, check this babe out. Where you just being real gross. And right. then she, this uh, is such a weird scene. It really is. Cause like you could have just ended it with Tony Stark. Here's a subpoena. Yeah. But they spend a lot of time like lingering on this woman. Yeah. And they're like flirting with each other. They they really reassert that Tony Stark's kind of sleazy. This movie is weirdly horny, as we'll get to in the Scarlett Johansson parts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh huh. I think John Favreau is extremely horny for Scarlett Johansson. I don't know what you mean. <laughs> Tony Stark doesn't like to be handed things. Apparently, that's the character trait now. Yeah, when did that get established? What? Right now in this movie, in this scene. Yeah, he's got a weird Hugh Hefner thing now. I. Like, what? It seemed like... I was trying to, like, think back if there was something in Iron Man 1 where he got handed something by uh, Jeff Bridges or something that was, like, bad. But I don't... I don't think so. He was handed the pictures by the reporter. 
Oh, I guess, I guess. But, but this trait was also present in a flashback in Iron Man 3 set in 1999. Okay, so they just decided he needed to be a little more eccentric and just wrote it in. Right, it's like Marty doesn't like to be called chicken. Right, yeah. Okay, all right, fine, I guess. I don't really get it, but sure. So Tony Stark's at a hearing in Washington, D.C. Yeah. The main senator questioning him is Gary Shandling. Yes, who is the third best part of this movie. He, he is an agent of Hydra. Yeah, as we'll learn in, that's what, Winter Soldier where that happens? Yes, Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Yeah. Uh, how, how do you feel like Gary Shandling? I, I, I like Gary Shandling. I like him too. Have you ever watched the uh, Larry Sanders show? I've never watched the Larry Sanders show. It's a real good show. The only movies I've seen Gary Shandling in are Iron Man 2 and Captain America 2. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, uh, the Larry Sanders show is just a HBO sitcom where he is an extremely neurotic late night host, and it's very good. It's got a, a Rip Torn, Jeffrey Tambor. It's a good TV show. I recommend it. Uh, in this scene, they also cut a scene where Phil Coulson shows up to talk to Pepper. Oh. They cut Phil Coulson. Yeah. They cut my favorite Avenger. Uh, okay. <laughs> He's canonically considered an adventurer, Luke. I guess. Well, really? Because I, I would. Say, he's obviously an agent of Shield, but okay. I yeah, I because assumed, the, uh, the the Tahiti project was intended to revive a fallen adventure. Okay. Oh, I see, and that's how Agent Coulson comes back in the TV show. Yeah, Nick Fury considers him an adventurer. Okay. Not really sure why. It seems like an honorary title, if anything. He's a he's good he's a good agent. He's a he's a sweet man who is a yeah, he's a good agent of Shield, but like, I don't know. Anyway, uh we're at this Senate hearing with Gary Shandling where uh Tony Stark is just making a mockery of it in a way that I don't understand why he's not going to jail for contempt of Congress. Right, like this whole scene is a big libertarian fantasy where you just yes. get to tell off the government and everyone cheers. One hundred million percent. Uh, uh, he yeah. he claims that the Iron Man suit is actually a prosthesis, not a weapon. Yeah. The suit and I are one. Right, because the whole thing is Gary Shandling wants the Iron Man suit for the U.S. government and wants to, like, compel Tony Stark to forfeit it. And I'm not clear... Hey, even if he admits it's a weapon, I'm not sure what law says the government gets to seize it. Which is kind of a running plot of this point of this movie, so that's a problem. But also, I'm not really sure what it is. I would understand if they wanted the arc reactor, or even if they wanted, like, the the lasers that he shoots out of the hands. I'm not really clear what it is about the metal suit that makes it such a, a hot commodity. I mean, they want the whole thing. Sure. The suit will include an arc reactor and the hand things. Right. But uh, Tony Stark thinks that just because he's had an idea that it belongs to him is the thing. Uh, and he is he's not giving it up. Yeah, well, the implication in this movie is that Rhodey has kind of been sticking his neck out for Tony and keeping the government off his back for as long as he can. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. This this plot point doesn't make a ton of sense to me. I'm also not clear. Because, because Iron Man has such a pro-America politic to it, I, right. I don't really understand why he's so reluctant to cooperate with the government. Well, it's it's his thing. Yeah, but I mean, like, come Civil War time, he's going to be like, yeah, let's go for it. Like, I, I don't know. It's... Well, a lot of things have happened between No, no, I, I understand. Now. It just seems like he starts off pro-America, and we know he gets very pro-America later, as he gets more anti-Captain America. Uh, so I, I don't know. It's, I, don't get, I don't get what he's doing in this movie. I, I don't know. This all makes perfectly fine sense to me. Okay, well, uh, 
Gary Shandling gets sick of getting razzed by Tony Stark, so he turns to Justin Hammer, the number one best part of this movie. Yes. My I, favorite oh. character in the MCU to date. Sam Rockwell really kills this performance. I love Justin Hammer. He is the shittiest little weasel man. He's 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 Tony Stark but without the brains to back it up. Yeah, yeah, and he's very just he is very uh, mumbly and just wants to mm, what's mm, what's going mm. I love him. He ends his speech with thank you. God bless Iron Man. God bless America. Yes. <laughs> he uh God but he gives this speech about He keeps how, calling Tony what? Stark Anthony. Yeah, he calls him Anthony instead of Tony, which is great. <laughs> um, but he tells him that uh, – he, he sort of addresses the crowd and says that Tony Stark has made the best sword ever. But he's trying to convince us that it's a shield uh, that we should all cower behind while he saves us. <laughs> and mm, here's the problem. Justin Hammer, real shitty character. I agree with what he's saying. I'd love to leave my door unlocked when I leave my house, but this ain't Canada. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's right. he is right. Yeah, yeah, because th- that's the thing. Iron Man has become uh, an excuse for Tony to flaunt his ego. Like, it's not. it's become a less noble thing than it was in Iron Man 1. And boy, would it be neat if this movie was interested in engaging in that idea. Well, Tony's dying. Oh, okay. Well, that's fine then. <laughs> uh, but he turns on some footage. Tony, please, please, God, please see a therapist. Please. Yeah. It would be, it'd make Once in your life, please. It would make everything so much easier. Tony's a real Rick. Oh, he's a real Rick Sanchez? <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Just get, let, you know what? Can we get some Rick and Morty fan art, but with Tony and Rhodey? Uh, okay. <laughs> Just someone draw that for me, please. Thanks. Okay, do that, audience. I know we have several artists listening. Someone knows how to draw out there. but uh, So, uh, Senator Stern calls in Mr. Mister Colonel James Rhodes. Yes. And uh, Rhodey has written up a, a big, long report on Iron Man. But uh, despite his protests, Gary Shandling only wants to hear one single paragraph. Where- I love the scene where it's... An extended bit where Rhodey is explaining that reading a single paragraph out of context is not going to make any sense and will give a misleading conclusion. Yeah. And Carrie Shanley just keeps saying, yes, I understand. I I understand, sir. Please. Sir, please. I I will say, this feels like what an actual congressional hearing might sound like. Right. I can imagine that exchange actually happening in real life. Uh, But he basically says that he thinks that the fact that Iron Man operates autonomously is... uh, a, th- a serious potential threat to the United States. And he tries to explain that in the rest of the report, he explains that he thinks that threat is worth it because of all the good that Iron Man's done, what with ending the war on terror and all. And that it would be worth it to just fold him into the into the military, basically. Yeah, it would, you know, what Rhodey really is trying to get across here is that if the parasites of society would just step aside and let the great men do their job, then everyone would be happier. <laughs> But Gary Shandling's not having any of that, because he's a bad guy. I mean, that's not what he's saying, Luke. That's kind of what he's saying. No, he's saying that he needs to be folded into the existing chain of command so he would be accountable as anybody in the military is. Yeah, I don't know. This this movie is just blah. Blah. You're right that he does literally say that, but in the overarching, the, in context of the rest of the movie, it's it's I don't like it. 
Which, I mean, I think that's a good compromise, and that is what ultimately happens. Right, that is what's going to happen, you know, in, what, ten movies from now? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But they have some satellite footage of, I think they say it's North Korea, is building their own Iron Man suit. And the United States needs the rights to Iron Man so that they can make their own to combat this new threat. And Tony takes out his phone. He's really upgraded from that Nokia flip phone that he had before. He's got a proper telephone now. Well, you, he's got like a... He can text and everything. He's got a little pane of glass with holograms in it. He's right. like gone beyond real telephone. He's gone even further. <laughs> right. And uh, he does some shit on that and hacks into like the VCR wirelessly. It, I mean, it's a, it's a Chromecast. <laughs> okay, that's fair. That's fair. And uh, he switches to video that he's got that's like up close footage, which mm, now that I'm thinking about it. Little alarming that he has this footage. Where'd he get it? Uh, Drones. Of a bunch of... uh, It's close-up footage of attempted Iron Man suits from around the world that are completely failing. And I think they say it's Iran, where you can clearly see Justin Hammer in the frame demonstrating his Iron Man prototype. No, he, he... He's he's not affiliated with any nation. It's just like at at his site. Oh, okay, okay. It, maybe I just missed where he switched over to that that video. But uh, he explains that it's going to be at least five years before anyone else has a working Iron Man suit, or in Justin's case, uh, maybe twenty. Which it, it's been five years. <laughs> That's been six months, I thought. Well, it's been five years in in the present of the MCU. Oh, oh I see what you're saying. Years five years have passed at where we are currently, so other Iron Man suits should be cropping up around the world. Well, it, the way things have gone, yeah. judging by Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh-huh. is that since they don't have the CGI budget to put Iron Man suits on TV, right. everyone instead prefers to try to replicate the super soldier serum. That makes sense for a TV show, yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's gone in the other direction. Right, right. Uh, but don't they just say Tony Stark prefers hardware? Didn't they watch The Incredible Hulk? Tony Stark does prefer hardware. It's true. Um, hardware is expensive. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Rhodey comes in. The whole thing kind of devolves now that, again, Tony Stark has made a mockery of everything. And uh, Gary Shandling just straight up says, fuck you, repeatedly he, into the microphone. Uh, hold on. I want to break down the end of this scene <laughs> okay, a little yeah, bit yeah, more. Yeah. So Tony Stark says he's our oh, nuclear right. deterrent. Yes. Which is like, I don't think you want to introduce the word nuclear in the Senate hearing. Nope, nope, nope. He also, because if you imply even for a second that you might have nuclear capabilities... Right, yeah, that's gonna make this all worse. Yeah. Uh, and then he says the line, which I remember being like a big, like, cool guy line from the trailers. Yes. I have privatized world peace, which is the most horrifying sentence any character has said in this franchise so far. Yes. <laughs> And again, at this point, when I was rewatching this movie, I was like, oh, man, I like what they're setting up here. I can't wait to see him, like, get crushed by this. And no, you're supposed to think it's cool that Tony Stark has privatized world peace. Right. The crowd erupts into cheers. And he says, like, what more do you want? I tried to play ball with these ass clowns. This movie is horrifying. (laughs) I mean, you're not wrong. Yeah. Uh... But it cuts to uh, Ivan back in Yvonne. Russia. Ivan, excuse it's me. It's Ivan, please. Okay, yes. Respect on his name. All right, all right. Uh, 
but he is working on his uh, whips while he's watching Tony Stark be a monster. Hold on, Tony has one more line. Oh, okay. My yeah. bond is with the people, and right. I will serve this great nation at the pleasure of myself. And if there's one thing I've proven, takes off sunglasses. It's that you can count on me to pleasure myself. Yeah. So again, like he's literally saying, I'm saving the world for my own personal kicks. And the movie doesn't examine that at all. It just moves on no. from this. Mm. No, don't. Oh, so no. Yvonne's whips are working. Yeah, he's got cool whips. I, I like Yvonne's uh, whole setup here. And it cuts back to Tony on his lab. He's he's having to replace a chip inside the arc reactor because the palladium is poisoning him. Yeah, it's literally like a sheet of palladium that he has to pull out and reinsert. And it's all burnt up and rusty and gross. And uh, he's got some kind of like black drink that he's got to keep drinking that I think there's a throwaway line that that's slowing down the effects of the palladium poisoning somehow. It, he says it's chlorophyll. Well, he says it's a pepper, I thought, in a way that like I thought he was trying to hide what he was actually drinking. Okay. Do people drink chlorophyll? I have heard of that as like a health nut thing. Yeah. What's the theory? No. (laughs) Do you think they'll be able to do photosynthesis? I don't think so. I think they. My guess is that the uh, the logic doesn't extend beyond plants are good for you. Plants have chlorophyll in them. You should drink chlorophyll. Let's see. This this random article I googled says that uh, let's see five proven chlorophyll benefits. One helps fight cancer. Two improves liver detoxification. Three speeds up wound healing. Uh, can I get can I get some citations? <laughs> Four improves digestion and weight control. Five protects skin. Yeah, I mean it, this is a pretty long article, and it it does look like it might have some citations, but I don't know. I I am not here to speak on whether or not this is actually <laughs> legitimate. Consult your doctor before you drink chlorophyll. Okay, well WebMD claims chlorophyll is used for bad breath okay. and reducing colostomy odor. Okay, those are different than the the article I read. It can be used also, for uh, that article I read is yeah, uh, yeah. Let's see. It says yeah, possibly effective for swelling of the pancreas, uh, reducing. Yeah, it says yeah. you can you can inject chlorophyll for pancreatitis. Let's see. They, they've got some things that there's insufficient evidence for, which are uh, sores caused by herpes, shingles, lung cancer, and skin cancer. So it sounds like it's I, kind of okay. just a uh, you know. Oh, hokum kind of thing. Uh huh. It's it sounds like it's probably not a real real thing. That's is good like real, like is, that's real. Yeah. So Tony's got. I don't think it's real. Tony's <laughs> got all sorts of bad blue veins coming out of his heart. Yeah. And he's clearly dying. Which he's is got why he's these. Out. He's got these awful like veins that are going at right angles. Yes. And I don't know yeah. if palladium that's does that to you. not how veins are supposed to go. I don't know. I don't know if that's how any kind of metal poisoning works. It's how palladium poisoning works. Apparently. I mean, let me look up the symptoms of palladium poisoning. Let's do it. Since this is a medical podcast. (laughs) Palladium poisoning. Uh, Let's see. Safety. Is palladium really that poisonous? It's got some pictures from Iron Man. Uh, And I have... uh, uh, Let's see. Uh, It seems that palladium actually has pretty low toxicity. It's not very well absorbed by the human body and just kind of passes through. Yeah. But I guess if, if it's directly connected to your heart, that might be different. Yeah. It does seem like, I mean, this 100% doesn't matter. This is some real cinema sin shit. But if you're writing a script, right. you'd think you would just Google what's a toxic metal and pick that, you know? Well, they said palladium in the first movie. Yeah, uh, I guess that's true. They're, they're kind of beholden to what they wrote the first time around when they weren't necessarily planning for this plot point. That, that's fair. 
Yeah, Mr. Everything Wrong in Iron Man 2 in 15 minutes. <laughs> like I said, it wouldn't matter. It's just, I'm, I'm sure, I was curious why they went with that, and you provided a good explanation. <laughs> okay. So, uh, Pepper walks in, and she's mad at Tony because he's he's selling off his art collection, which yes. she has some sense of ownership over, because she basically it's, did all the curation for it. It's effectively hers in any way that matters. Right. There's a good scene where Tony's, uh, like, wiping away all his holograms. Yeah. And he just, like, takes a hologram ball and throws it in a hologram hoop. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, he does check his blood toxicity again, and now it's up to 24%. What which does that mean, I don't, Luke? It means that his blood is 24% toxic. It means, okay. But, okay, what is... I, there's vampires in, like, Marvel comics, right? Of course. Okay, like, give me an example of, like, a notable Marvel comics vampire. Uh, it's not Morbius the Living Vampire. Dracula. Okay, Dra- I, I thought Dracula might actually be here. If they made yes. a Mar- if if Dracula was in this movie, and if he were to come down to Tony Stark's garage and suck his blood, suck his blood right now, I think there's a 25% chance he'd die. Okay. So really, I don't know what Tony Stark's worried about. It's pretty good vampire protection. So yeah, Jarvis says, <laughs> yeah. you know, he's run simulations on every known element. None can serve as a viable replacement for the arc reactor palladium. Yeah. The device that's keeping you alive is also killing you. Oh, dang. What a dilemma. And using the Iron Man suit accelerates the condition. Yeah. Which, I, I, I can buy that. If it's like pulling more power and doing, you know, sure. Whatever. That makes sense. That makes enough sense that, to go with. Uh, but yeah, Pepper comes in. Yeah, she's mad about the, the art being sold. Uh, she's mad about the expo because it costs a lot of money. For basically yeah. just his ego. And we get the sense that Tony has been slacking off as CEO of Stark Industries even more so than usual because he's letting Iron Man occupy all of his time. Uh, he finds... He, he does he, say the line, I don't care about the liberal agenda anymore. He does say that. <laughs> God. Uh. So what this all ends up in is Tony makes Pepper the CEO of Stark Industries. Yes. Uh, but before we get to that, he does find, in spite of his disinterest in the liberal agenda, he does find a, a painting of Iron Man in the style of the famous Obama Hope poster. It's a good style. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he like takes down. Oh, hold on. Yeah. There is a TV in the background that says that Stark Expo has 362 days left. Okay. So yeah, it's a year long expo. Yeah. So maybe it's like one year out of every five or something. Yes. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, Imagine if E3 lasted a year. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, just CES for a whole year. Just smart refrigerators for an entire year. What are they even doing with that whole year, Crystal? Uh, presentations. All right. Uh, during this conversation, there is a moment where Pepper gets a whiff of Tony's breath and asks if he's been drinking. Uh, which this whole movie kind of plays with the aspect of Iron Man that we, we talked about a bit in the first one, where in the comics he has repeatedly had struggles with alcoholism. And they yeah. they don't call that, it that in this movie, but he has a lot of scenes in this movie where he is drunker than he ought to be. It's really only the one. Is it just the one? I feel like he's, it, he's like constantly got a drink, and yeah, he gets real sloppy drunk at one point. Yeah. Which no, I, like, they justify as being more him coping with the fact that he's dying, as opposed to him having yeah, alcoholism. 
yeah, early the earlier drafts of this script did have a lot more references to the demon in the bottle storyline, which is famous in the Iron Man comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the final cut, I don't get the sense that Tony has a recurring alcohol problem. It's just that he's getting drunk because he's dying. Yeah, definitely. I, I think that, you know, based on the movie as it exists, I get the sense that they're having him do a lot of drinking to allude to that, but that they're not explicitly saying this Tony Stark is an alcoholic. Yeah, the actual, the way they adapted that is they made Tony Stark addicted to being Iron Man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But yeah, he makes her the CEO. uh, Yeah, go what? Let's cut to the horniest scene in the movie. Uh, Oh, oh, yes. Oh, there's a quick scene where Yvonne gets a, fake passport from a guy this guy is apparently supposed to be a member of the 10 rings but that doesn't matter who cares oh yeah that doesn't come up in this movie in the slightest yeah and um, then it cuts to the horny scene in the movie it cuts ahead <laughs> it cuts ahead to pepper coming in with uh, a person from stark industries legal department who has the forms tony stark needs to fill out to transfer the company to her uh, but Tony's busy having a boxing match with Happy Hogan, as, which, as we said, is played by John Favreau, the director of the film. Right. And uh, this <laughs> this uh, legal person is uh, played by Scarlett Johansson, which is weird because, Crystal, I thought Scarlett Johansson played the Black Widow. Oh, she does, yes. Well, no, what are you talking about? This is, this is Natalie Rushman. Luke, they at no point huh? actually presented this as a twist. <laughs> What? Like, what? she was Black Widow in the trailers. Wait, like, I don't this know no, what are you talking about? This is She's just, a, like, a lawyer that works for Tony Stark. I, I guess no, they just undercover. recast her later? No, she's undercover <laughs> as Natalie Rushman. Her undercover name version of Natasha Romanoff. Yeah, yeah, not, not that far off from her real name. Yeah, uh, uh, but... Tony <laughs> fucks her with his eyes. Yeah, uh-huh, right off the bat. Which I, then, I think I talked about this in the first one. I remember this being more of a love triangle-y movie than it is. It's not really. No, he just really not, wants to fuck no. Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, there's a close-up of her pretty eyes. Yeah. And then Pepper's. he sits down with Pepper, and she's like, if you keep ogling her like this, it's going to be a very expensive sexual harassment lawsuit. Yeah, because while he goes over to sign the forms, he makes her get into the ring with Happy Hogan, a.k.a. John Favreau. A.k.a. the director of this film. Yes, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, th- there's a scene where Tony looks up Natalie Rushman on the internet, and there's a bunch of sexy lingerie photos. Yeah, yeah I forgot about that. He's, got, he's just, for no apparent reason, I don't understand why, but she has a bunch of just, like, lingerie model photos. It's so that Jean Favreau had an excuse to... To do a lingerie photo shoot with Scarlett Johansson. I mean, yes, that is why. <laughs> then, they like Happy tries to get a punch in on Natalie, and she like flips him over and then crushes his neck with her legs. Yeah, she does a move that she's gonna do again later, where she like does a weird flip and clenches his head between her thighs and like spins around in the air to throw him to the ground. <laughs> Luke. Yeah. How many times do you think Jean Favreau, how many takes do you think he did? 18,000. <laughs> to have Scarlett Johansson crush his head with her thighs. I just don't think we have it yet, guys. It just doesn't, 
<clears throat> it's not quite, Scarlett, you're doing great, but you're, you're, you're just not quite hitting your mark right. We need to do it one more time. John, my thighs are so sore and tired, please. It's been eight weeks. We're, we're $5 million over budget. I know, I know, but it's, this is, this is your establishing scene. We gotta make, we gotta make it work. <sighs> Fine. John Favreau is such a god. It's. <laughs> oh man. It's, it it might actually be worse than the scene in Avengers where Joss Whedon made an excuse for for her to be tied up to a chair in lingerie. Oh god, I forgot she was in lingerie in that scene. Because at least Joss Whedon wasn't playing the guy who was like touching her and slapping her. Right. Yeah. It's, uh, man. But no, John Favreau did have his, his head crushed by Scarlett Johansson's thighs. Yep, he sure As did. As he always dreams. Uh-huh. You know, gl- glad that, uh, <laughs> glad you got to make this movie, John. God bless you, John. You know, if you'd spent a little less time fantasizing about that day of shooting and more time on the script, this would be a better movie. <laughs> uh, yes, Black Widow doesn't actually do a whole lot in this movie. Uh, no, she does, I'm trying to think. She does the hacking at the I end. I think you could write her out of the movie entirely and not really have that many problems. Yeah, just have Phil Coulson do the hacking. Just have Phil Coulson do the hacking or just have Iron Man do the hacking from his suit. Sure. Yeah, she is completely perfunctory to this movie. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where do we go from here, Crystal? <laughs> oh, God. Uh, right, we go to there's, there's more scenes like this. Uh-huh. But th- this is the most egregious one, yeah, I think. Yeah, I yeah, we're not at the end of John Favreau being horny for Scarlett Johansson yet, but <laughs> this was definitely the apex of it. Is it better that John Favreau is the sub? I, mm, I think yes, but by so little that it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, okay. Tony says <laughs> I want one. And Pepper says no. Yeah, well, get yeah, gross, gross. Right. <laughs> uh, but it cuts to Monaco for the Grand Prix. The Grand Prix. Mm-hmm. Come on, you've watched Speed Racer. I know. I know. Yeah. The Grand Prix. Right. Uh, Tony Stark. Say it. The the the, the Grand Prix. Say it right. <laughs> Look, I'm not going to continue this podcast till you say it. Right. <laughs> well then, I guess we'll just sit here. Yeah, I guess we'll just sit here until you say Grand Prix. The Grand Prax. Say it right. <laughs> the Grand... I'm not going to cut any of this out. <laughs> the Grand Prix. Just say it right and we can keep doing the this. The Grand Praxis. Come on. The Grundle Prux. Okay, I'm just going to sit here silent until you do it and I'm not going to cut any of this out. The Guanpexitani. The Golden Perks. The Goof Pricks. The Gobble Prooks. The Ganderpraxel. The Grundprux? The Groomprix. The Greedleprixel. The Grubbleproxel. The. Le <laughs> Grand uh, Thank you. <laughs> you know, I'm glad even though we disagree about this movie. We can still be friends. Yes. <laughs> anyway, they're at they're at the Grand Prax, and uh, Happy Hogan has a weird suitcase that we saw the trailer. We know what's going to happen. Yeah, this kind of establishes a thing that's going to 
continue in every movie that Tony does not feel safe without the Iron Man suit nearby. Yeah, okay, yeah. I, I think that becomes a little more obvious as time goes on. It's more just, yeah. It, yeah. He, yeah, he makes it increasingly portable. And by the time of Infinity War, it's literally embedded in his chest. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we talked about it in the first one. I like that they make it clear that he is constantly iterating on it and trying to improve the design. That is a that is yes. a cool touch, both visually and like as a character beat. Uh, they walk into Elon Musk is here. Yeah, they walk into this restaurant and Elon Musk is there. And he's got a crazy idea for an electric-powered jet. And Tony's like, oh, if you can dream it up, we'll make it. Oh, boy. What? This, just this movie, man. What, you don't like Elon Musk? No, I love him. I, I love him so much. I love that car he shot into space. Yeah, Natalie Rushman is now his new assistant replacing Pepper because she's the CEO. Right, yes. Um, Justin Hammer's here. Justin Hammer's here and saves us from Elon Musk. Anthony, how you doing? He's got a date with him who is the reporter from the last movie. Fun fact, they the actors are married in real oh, life. Oh, cool. Uh, he mentioned that she's doing a spread on him for Vanity Fair, and uh, Pepper jumps in with, yeah, she did quite the uh, <laughs> spread on Tony six months ago. And she wrote the story, too. Yeah. Why does Pepper hate this woman? I don't. She really hates her. <laughs> yeah, and... Why does this movie hate this I one? I don't know. Uh, but they... Oh, shit. What happens? Uh, Tony Stark goes and drives a car. He blows off Justin Hammer, right. and Justin Hammer's, like, trying to be his friend. Right, Tony Stark's just like, just uh, take a wh- f- uh, 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 Yeah, because, uh, because Tony Stark showed that video to the Senate, uh, Justin Hammer's, like, lost his arms contract, and uh, he's grumpy about that. But, yeah, they all sit down, and, yeah, Tony just jumps out to go race a car. Because why not? He's dying. Fuck it. Fuck it. I mean, he he owns the car. Yeah, Yeah, he says a line like, what's the point of owning a race car if you don't get to drive it? Uh, Yeah, right before there's a scene in the bathroom where his blood toxicity is 53%. Really jumped up. It doubled. Again, I don't know what this means. It means that Dracula's going to have a real bad time if he steps to Tony Stark. Okay. Uh, so yeah, Tony Stark goes to race the car, and Christiane Verhart is watching on TV while she's not listening to Justin Hammer right. explain how uh, he and Tony are best friends. Just ramble really on and on about how they're friends. Yes. <laughs> it's just, God, I cannot emphasize enough how much I love Justin Hammer in this movie. Justin Hammer wants to be Tony Stark so oh, much. Okay, so he wants to be Tony Stark, but he, he also wants to be Lex Luthor, and he cannot be either. Right. And he's just, he's the best thing in this movie. Uh, uh, they, sh- they should bring him back. They absolutely should. He's still alive in, like, the canon, right? Because he just goes to jail at the end of this movie. He had a brief cameo appearance in the credits of the Marvel one-shot All Hail the King. Well, okay, cool. There's a bad gay joke. Great. Uh, but yeah, the reporter just kind of ignores him when she sees that uh, Tony's on TV. And she, like excuse herself and there's this bit where he's like awkwardly like hey can you just read back what you wrote can, no hold on just read read me what you wrote and she's like no no you can read it later and like it's it goes on like uncomfortably long in a way that's very good yes uh so tony's racing his race car which is extremely dangerous because he's not a professional race there's a car shot driver. of the professional race car driver like getting mad and throwing his helmet down in disgust 
Yes. Uh, feel for that guy. You know what, buddy? Fuck this race. Just go on down to Stanley's Pizza and hang out with all the other decent people these heroes fuck over. Well, honestly, Tony Stark probably saved his life. That is true. That's entirely fair. Actually, huh, yeah. Well, I guess he's, he's watching the TV. Never mind. Uh, the race... Yeah, so Anton Vanko is disguised as one of the, like, pit stop workers. Yes. And he has the whole whiplash suit under his clothes because that passed the metal detector. Yeah, we get a... Not... What's that? Not great security in Monaco. Apparently not. Uh, he just steps out into the street and everyone's kind of gasping. And uh, he kind of lets the whip slide out from his sleeves. And then as they power up, you get this really cool shot of his shirt, like, burning off of him. Yeah, it's a super cool this shot. This is a really cool bit. And he just starts fucking up cars coming his way with the whips. Like, uh, buddy, I get it. You want to kill Tony Stark? Fair enough. Yeah. I get it. Are you going to kill all these poor race He does drivers? just seem to attack them all indiscriminately. Yeah. Like, basically everyone in this race died. Y- yeah. Yeah. You're not wrong. Uh, they, Pepper sort of sees the TV and gets running to get Happy and the suitcase. Happy Hogan. Uh, and they, at some point, get onto the racetrack and are driving against the traffic, which seems extremely dangerous, but it's fine. Yeah, why wouldn't they just drive with the traffic? Uh, yeah. I mean, I can see there maybe, you know, that car can't catch up to the race cars, but, uh... uh I guess. Yeah. But, yeah, Justin Hammer's So, eventually, watching... Tony Stark gets... To, to gets to Ivan Vanko, yes. and he cuts his car in half with the electric whip. Yes. And then he's staring, he's, like, slowly walking towards him, and the other cars come, and one, like, uh, slides sideways so it doesn't hit him. Yeah. And then the other cars hit that car, and then there's a huge there's explosion. There's a huge explosion that Ivan walks away from like a badass. Yes. Uh, and he walks over to Tony's car to finish him off, but Tony's not in the cockpit. Uh, and he sneaks up behind him and, like, clonks him over the head with a sheet of metal, but Yvonne's got a real thick skull. Doesn't matter. He's fine. And, uh, Tony just has to kind of avoid him until Happy shows up with the suitcase. Yeah, Happy pins him against the chain link fence with his car. Yeah. And then there's a very drawn-out scene where they're, like, arguing over the case, and Happy doesn't have the key and give me the case. Yeah, everyone's just kind of panicking. Yvonne <laughs> Vanko is just kind of, like, wriggling against the this car. This is a very, like, awkward movie. <laughs> like, there's a lot of characters yes. that are just kind of fumbling constantly. I love this scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But eventually Tony does get the yeah. suitcase, and he steps in it, and it's the Iron Man Mark V. Right. I, I was going to say, my favorite part of this scene is that Yvonne cuts one of the car doors in half, and there's just a lot of this car door flapping back and like, this half of the car door flapping back and forth while they all... Just fumble over the uh, suitcase. Yes. But yeah, he turns into the new Iron Man, and uh, they have a little fight. The whips don't seem that good against the Iron Man suit. No, they're more designed for a human. Yeah. I mean, they, they cut through those cars like nothing, but, you know, whatever alloy the suit's made out of at this point uh, doesn't do anything to. It, it does do some damage, but, like, yeah. he wins this fight pretty easily. Yeah, he kind of grabs the end of the whip and sort of, like, moves forward, wrapping it around himself. Uh, and then he punches, he punches him. him real good, and he just put, uh, this is is this the first time Iron Man just like decks someone? Uh, probably first time he decks like a human being. Yeah, huh? I don't remember him ever doing that in the first one. But Yvonne gets arrested, and as he as he's being dragged away, he says, "I won," which he didn't. Yeah, he, well, he I think he says, "You lose, you lose," <laughs> I mean, which he didn't. Well. 
Like he says this again later, and also is is he's wrong. Well, yeah, we're gonna get into what he means in a moment here. At some point during all of this, we get a, a cutaway to Justin Hammer, who just kind of smiles smiley. He he likes the cut of this kid's jib. Also, yes. he's not a kid at all. He's like fifty. But uh, Tony Stark somehow convinces the where is Monaco? What country is that? It's near. France. I know it's near. Yeah, they're speaking French. Anyway, yeah. he convinces the police to give him five minutes with with Yvonne. He's rich. Sure, yeah. <laughs> rich people do whatever they uh, And, yeah, he just comes into this room where Yvonne's just sitting, mostly naked, and uh, they start talking about how his suit clearly had an arc reactor in it. And Tony has some, like, critique of it, but he also admits that it's a dang good knockoff of the arc reactor. Yvonne has a good line. You come from a family of thieves and butchers. Yeah. And now, like all guilty men, you try to rewrite your own history. And you forget all the lives the Stark family has destroyed. Yes. This is a very good line. Yeah. And Tony's never forced to actually seriously get No, not it. even a little bit. Not even a no. little bit. They did make a good version of this movie. It was called Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, I've heard that about Thor Ragnarok. That, yeah, that. <laughs> That's you know, a similar idea. Uh, but yeah, Tony doesn't really get Yvonne's whole thing. Because if he's that good of an engineer, he could be rich like Tony. What, why, what are you doing, buddy? Um, yeah, there's kind of an, an unexplored thing in this movie where both Anton and Yvonne are like super geniuses, but they still live in squalor. Yeah. Because being smart is not actually enough. Right. E- except if you're Tony Stark, it is. <laughs> right. Well, he was born in Right, that's it. the thing, yeah. But Howard's a self-made man. Right. Um, but, uh... Yvonne explains that, you know, Tony thinks that he lost, that Iron Man won that fight between them. And he explains that, no, he hasn't. Because he, if you prove, this is the line from Yvonne I like. If you prove that God can bleed, then people will stop believing in him. That's literally not true. Yeah, it doesn't really turn out to be all that true. But Jesus Christ bled a lot. That's true, yeah. You're not wrong. But it sounds cool. It is, I guess. It sounds cool, and I, I like what he's getting at, which is the idea that he just proved to... Like, I think Yvonne's idea is that he just proved to the world that Tony Stark is not unique. He is not this, like, singular genius that he's been... He's been kind of using that to insulate himself against any kind of criticism or harm. Like, oh, you can't take Iron Man from me because I'm Tony Stark. You can't live without me. And, yeah, uh, Yvonne has just kind of shown, like, nah... Tony Stark's a fucko. Or at least in his mind he has. But as Tony Stark points out, he's just—he's still going to jail. It's not good. And right before he leaves, he says, Before you go, palladium in the chest. It's a painful way to die. Yeah, yeah. Which, like, like Yvonne is implied to be even smarter than Tony is because he recognized the palladium problem before he did. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he, he's a smart boy. Yeah, too bad they don't do anything nope, with it. No, not at all. <laughs> Could you imagine a version of this movie where, like, Tony actually, like, apologizes to Yvonne right? and does right by his father, and then, like, Yvonne is the one that fixes the arc reactor? That'd be such a better way to go about it. Yeah. And then he makes the falcon suit. Shit, yeah. Because he likes birds. That'd, oh, man, that would be good. Oh, now I'm mad. That's not how it works. Yeah, hire me to write your Fuck, movies. Fuck, that's really good, Crystal. Yeah, I feel a lot about this film, because I've watched it six <laughs> oh, times. Oh, jeez, why? Why do that to yourself? 
Uh, oh, yeah. It's a good movie. Uh, mm. So, yeah. Tony's on his private airplane yes. now. And Pepper's watching Senator Stern on TV. And he's saying what you just said. That, like, you know, Tony Stark's not special anymore. The technology is out there. Yeah. He accuses Tony of using the Iron Man suit like a toy when it's it's a weapon. Um, and again, True. a very fumbly movie where Stern's like he, uh, uh, you know, he, he thinks it's a, he thinks it's a toy. I I like it a lot. <laughs> I yes. like how mumbly this movie is. But uh, Tony has cooked Pepper a real shitty looking omelet, which took him three <laughs> took hours. him three hours, which is a funny line. Uh, and he is trying to take this moment to explain to her that he's dying, but he's having a hard time coming out with it. Uh, he says, like, hey, let's just cancel the party and go to Venice instead of, you know, everything else that we're planning to do. And, yeah. Yeah, but he never he never quite comes out with it. No, he, he can't manage to tell her that he's dying. So next scene is Yvonne Vanko yes. in jail. Mm-hmm. But then the guard switches him out with another man. Who has a similar body type? Well, he and dental. He gives first. He gives Yvonne his dinner, which has a note right. on it that says, "I hope you enjoy the mashed potatoes." Because Crystal, these aren't mashed potatoes. Oh, they're C four. It's just a wad of C four that kind of looks like mashed potatoes from the top a little bit. Yes. And then yeah, they put another guy in the cell with the same thing, and like Yvonne just looks down at it, the number on his uniform, and it's the same as his, and. Uh, he just beats the shit out of this man. He places the C4 on the wall, and then the guard gives him the key, and then he just walks out, and then his cell explodes, and he punches out the other guard. Yeah, and then... No, he snaps his neck. Right. And then uh, some other guards grab him, bag him, and throw a uh, throw him into a van. And then we see the van doors open in this blindingly white airplane hangar. Yes. <laughs> Justin Hammer's just sitting there, like, with flowers and dinner. This is a great scene. <laughs> He's eating ice cream. He t- yeah, I, they can get you know, whatever you want here, Ivan. Because he does call him Ivan. Uh, I like to have my dessert first. I have a sweet tooth. I had this ice cream sundae flown in from San Francisco. But Organic ice the, cream. No, the point is, <laughs> I had this flown in from San Francisco. It's Italian, though. <laughs> Justin is such a perfect little turd. I love him. <laughs> I could just watch him for two hours. Yeah, make a movie about God, this guy. yes. <laughs> so he says, you know, we should team up because you're very smart and I have resources and we both don't like to Yeah, and he tells him, like, you know, I, I, I loved what you did, but I do have a small criticism, which is, you know, it's one thing to kill Tony Stark, but if you really want to fuck him over, kill his legacy and help me do that. Uh, and Ivan initially like responds in Russian, but then switches over to English. The the line he says, "Oh, is, you have the translation's great." If you ki- yeah, if you kill me, don't wake me up. I'd rather die than live in your world. Okay. All right, sure. And Justin has a, a good face, and he's like, "I'm sorry. Do you speak English?" <laughs> yeah, he has this moment of like, "Oh fuck! I just gave this whole monologue like I blocked it out perfectly with the Sunday and the the." Dinner, and he... Oh, shit, he doesn't speak English. Fuck, damn it. <laughs> like, I like the idea that if Yvonne didn't speak English, he would throw him back in the van and set this whole scene up a second time with a translator. <laughs> I think Justin would do that. <laughs> I I love Yvonne's English dialogue. It's all like, very good. Yeah, yeah he's all like, yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we... 
He says he wants a bird. He does want a. He, he wants his bird. Yeah, my bird. Yeah. Oh, it's all great. Uh, but it cuts to Rhodey coming over to stately Stark Manor, where uh, Pepper and Natalie are watching the news and doing business. I don't remember if they get really into what they're doing exactly. Uh, they're doing damage control for what happened in Right, Monica. right, yeah. Uh, and Rhodey goes down to the basement where Tony is sitting in one of his cool muscle cars with a hologram projection in front of him uh, where he's looking through news articles that Jarvis has pulled up. Oh, I didn't notice that he was sitting in his car. <laughs> oh, yeah, car. he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> what a good movie. <laughs> like, he, uh, here's the thing about this Okay, film. yeah, hit me. The script is kind yes. of a mess, but there's a lot of fun moments. I will allow for that, yes. There, there, There's fun moments and fun performances. It's just, for me, because the script is so mm, bad, it all kind of... Morally reprehensible. Yeah, uh-huh. It all kind of... I, I, can't, I can't give it points for the stuff it does right in lieu of the stuff it gets wrong. Like, it gets, it gets the core fundamental things horribly wrong and then does all the flourishy things correct and i don't care right so jarvis gives a bit of a bank background on the van yes and he does introduce a timeline inconsistency okay because he says anton vanko defected to the united states in 1963 okay but in agent carter season two he does appear working at Stark Laboratories in 1946. Uh, okay. Maybe he didn't officially defect until 63. Yeah, maybe he went back and then back again. Yeah. Well, I mean, in the 40s, the like Russia and United States would be, you know, not enemies, right? They don't become enemies till after World War II. Uh, 46, World War II is over. No, you know, you're right. You're right. Uh, yeah, never mind. It, I guess the Cold War didn't, like, really, really start until the 50s. Yeah. But, but maybe the idea, I know, you know, I, listen, the, the the real answer is this shit gets written years apart and mistakes happen. But I, I could see the argument that, like, uh, he was working with Ned. I keep calling him Ned Stark. <laughs> he was working with Ned Stark uh, to defeat the dragons. Um, but, uh, no, Wikipedia... <laughs> Uh, claims the official beginning of the Cold War is the Truman Doctrine, uh-huh. signed on March 12th, 1947. Okay, okay. So technically, they were not at odds yet. Uh, but right. I can see the argument that, like, you know, Howard Stark is operating in kind of, you know, a, a secret world, and they are colleagues in that realm, and then as a result of that, he ends up defecting to the United States, you know? I, yeah. I don't think it's an inconsistency so much as just kind of a weird curiosity. Yeah. So Jarvis says he was deported in 67, and then his son served 15 years in prison because he tried to sell plutonium to Pakistan. Yes. Yeah. Uh, According to Jarvis, he was deported uh, because he was accused of espionage, which, hmm, we'll come back to this. Yeah, we'll... (laughs) We will come back to this. (laughs) Yes, we will come back to this. Uh, But Rhodey comes down. So Rhodey says, like, Tony... You need to get upstairs, you need to get on top of the situation, because the National Guard is, like, a second away from rolling tanks up to your house and taking the suit yeah. from you. Uh, which, you know, we should probably at least mention that Rhodey is played by a different actor now. Oh, yeah, he's played Don by Don Cheadle. Don Cheadle instead of Terrence Howard. Now, who do you think does a better job just based on these two movies? Don I Cheadle. I agree, 100%. He's, he is yes. better. He, I think he has less screen time in this movie, but I still like him more. 
Yeah, I think he's better both at being a serious military man and at being Tony's friend. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, uh, Rhodey realizes that Tony is just kind of not listening. He's sort of zoned out, and he puts a hand on his shoulder and asks if he's okay. And uh, that kind of snaps Tony out of it. But Tony gets out of his car, and he slumps over all of a sudden. He's having a hard time walking. And Rhodey has to walk him over to his desk to get a new uh, palladium cartridge out of his weird little box. He mentions that he's had neutron damage. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's it. Well, he, he's saying yeah, it, it's neutron damage from the reactor wall. I my impression was that the neutron damage was to the palladium, and that's what was causing it to like leak into his oh. blood. But it's all techno babble. Who knows? Okay. You know. Yeah, and the the arc director's like smoking as he takes it out of his body. Yeah. Uh, and Rhodey has a moment of like, well, this rusty piece of smoking metal seems like a bad thing to have up against your heart, man. Yeah. And he says, you know, you don't have to do this whole lone gunslinger act. Yeah. You don't have to do this alone. And he, I can be war machine. Yeah, exactly. He also says, my favorite Rhodey line of the movie, what's with that high tech crossword puzzle on your neck? <laughs> Referring to the weird 90 degree <laughs> angle veins. That's describe it. Yeah, I mean, that's what it is. <laughs> Tony Stark says, contrary to popular belief, I know exactly what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he says... He, which doesn't seem true. Doesn't seem true. He's like, you just gotta trust me. Uh, which is something he'll say a lot in this movie. So, Justin Hammer shows uh, shows Ivan Vanko around, and he tells the guy to open the computer for him, but Vanko just hacks in. Yeah, and... Uh, he says, software is shit. Yes. And uh, Hammer has made a, like, small like, fleet of uh, knockoff Iron Man suits. How, how many drones are here? Uh, in this shot, it looks like maybe 10 or 12. There's going to be a lot more than that. Yeah, because he says they're 125.7 million a pop. Oh, man, yeah, I did not consider that. Man, he blows a lot of money in this. Yeah, so Hammer's not doing too yeah, bad. Well, and two, I mean, how expensive was rigging that whole escape attempt? Like, right. that seemed like you needed to bribe a lot of people to make that happen. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. Uh, Yvonne, like, grabs a staircase and starts, like, fucking around with these suits. Justin is very concerned about this because they're so expensive, and he just rips a head off and starts kind of, like, <laughs> like knocking pieces out of it. Yeah, it's a good... I love the way Vanko just doesn't give a shit about Yeah, Hammer, he's... Even a He immediately... Bit. We're go- Like, we're gonna find out eventually, but it's immediately clear that... He is just ignoring whatever Justin wants and is just doing his own bad guy plan. While Hammer, like, yes. stands stands beside him, like, <laughs> rubbing his temples and trying to justify why. No, 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 we're actually buddies. We're actually buddies, right? Yeah, we're buddies. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, it's all great. All this stuff is perfect. <laughs> he wants to make Iron Man look like an antique. He wants to take a dump in Tony Stark's front yes. yard. And, uh... Even says, yeah, I can yeah do that. you got no it, buddy. Uh, so Tony Stark is preparing for his birthday party, and his blood toxicity is at 89%. Seems real high. <laughs> Seems like that's too close to 100. Uh, what, what, again, like, his, his blood cannot be 89% palladium. Mm, I don't know how else to even though I it's, don't know how else to take it. It says, right, it says palladium concentration. Yeah. Like, I think his blood is 89% palladium. I think if your blood was 1% palladium, you would just drop it. Seems likely. (laughs) It's real dumb. (laughs) 
Uh, it's it's like they didn't. They thought that the audience, like, they didn't trust the audiences enough to just say like, "Oh no, it it doesn't." Just the fact that he's getting palladium poisoned isn't enough. We have to put a bar that if it fills up, he dies on the screen. Right, because he won't have any blood yeah. anymore. <laughs> Blood's just gonna be pure metal. <laughs> you know, they call him they call him Iron Man. Right, like palladium's not even liquid. Right, yeah. <laughs> he's just got I just metal shavings smacking around his veins. Uh, there's a weird scene where. Black Widow basically tells Tony to get super drunk and not give a shit about what he does. Crystal, I, I don't understand. This is not Black Widow. This is his assistant. I'm sorry, Natalie Natalie Rushman, Rushman please. But yeah, she what? He, he asks her, you know, hey, if this was your last birthday ever, what would you do? And she says, like, I'd do whatever I want with whoever I wanted to do it with. And there's, like, a lot of sexual tension in this scene. It's This scene is from the movie where there's a love triangle here. Right. But it, it doesn't go I, anywhere. I don't understand the point of it scene or why she would give this advice to Tony. Yeah. It it doesn't make a lot of sense. This whole scene like is her weird. her actual job is to try to keep him in control. Well, her actual job is to like assess him for how viable he'd be for the Avengers. And then Right, but like, like another part of that scene with Nick Fury is he seeing like you're becoming way too big of a problem for me. Please get your shit right. together. But I just like the idea that, like, she writes a report about how he's dangerous and self-destructive, but here we're seeing her encouraging him to be dangerous and self-destructive. It's entrapment. Yeah, exactly. It's Avengers entrapment. Uh, but yeah, she convinces him to just go nuts, and it smash cuts to him at his birthday party, uh, drunk on his ass, scratching a record in the Iron Man suit. <laughs> Dancing in the Iron Man suit. It's, it's so good. It's, boy, yeah, I don't know. This is where this movie really starts to lose me. <laughs> it's like this scene is. Oh amazing. man, I don't know if I can go with you on that one. Uh, the DJ in the scene, DJ AM, is a real mm. person, and he actually passed away in two thousand nine oh. before the release. Oh wow, was. that's a shame. Yeah, he looks yeah. young. I'm, that's that's sad. Yeah, he was he was thirty six. Yeah. But um. Rhodey and Pepper are both disgusted by what Tony's doing. Um, I guess because it's the, he's making himself look more and more incompetent, which is going to encourage the government to fuck with him. Yeah, right before he walks in, Rhodey has a call with a general, and he says, I will have the Iron Man suit in 24 yes. hours. Uh, but so Pepper says that, you know, she'll take care of it. She'll get him under control. Um, he... T- he does give us, he's got a microphone up on stage with him. And he does have a joke about how the question everyone always asks him is how he goes to the bathroom in the suit. <laughs> he just pisses in he the suit. He just pisses in the suit in front of everybody. <laughs> like, he, at first I thought, well, surely, surely that's a joke, right? But then Pepper comes up and like, Tony, you're drunk. You just peed your fancy suit. <laughs> and he has a line where he says, no, 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 don't worry about it. The suit's got a filtration system. You could drink that water. <laughs> Luke, how could, you, how could you hate this movie? <laughs> the, there was a time in my life when I considered this to be the best Iron Man mm, movie. I, I, would not, I would not agree with that today. Yeah. Uh, I, I will say, there are, thing, are likable things about this movie. <laughs> 
he tries to like lean in and kiss Pepper, and she's having none right. of it. She tells him, "Please, just call this off." Yeah, and lay down and try to get your life together. Yes. Meanwhile, like it's clear that that oh, all right. She tells him that the party's over, and he needs to send everyone home. And he takes the microphone back and says, uh, "Yeah, sorry, everyone. Party's over." But the after party starts soon. And then he gets yeah. into a situation where everyone is throwing bottles of booze up in the air like clay pigeons for him to shoot with the uh, the Iron Man beams. Right. He's just, he is operating heavy machinery while intoxicated. Yeah, it's real bad. He could very, he shoots out the glass window on accident and he shoots these bottles he like is gonna yeah, kill someone. Yeah, yeah I was gonna say the the DC universe version of this scene is that he accidentally kills someone. <laughs> and Rhodey's looking at him and he's pissed and he says, "I stuck my neck out for yeah. this guy." And he goes into the basement to get the Iron Man uh-huh. too. I'm very confused, Crystal. None Why? of what's about to happen makes any goddamn sense to me. Well, uh, okay, so Rhodey. Okay, I would understand it if Rhodey said, "You know what? Fuck it." I'm, I'm done sticking my neck out for him. I'm just going to take a suit and go. And that way my bosses will be happy and Tony will be unhappy, but I don't care. But instead what happens is he puts on the, the Mark II suit and he goes up to the party and he s- picks a fight with Tony? Well, he has to stop Tony because, again, he's going to kill someone. I, yeah, okay, sure, I guess. Yeah, you can see, like, the Mark III is still burnt out from the fight with Ironmonger, yeah. and the Mark I's a piece of junk, and he's wearing the Mark IV, so the Mark II is the only one that's right. left. Uh, which is coincidentally the color scheme of War Machine. Yeah. Yes. So he tells everyone to leave, and they all scatter. Yes. And then they just sort of stare <laughs> each other down. Okay, all right, but again, if the goal was to keep Tony from hurting people, goal accomplished. Turn around and leave. Like, I don't, uh, I don't know. He 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 wants to be the. He the wants enemy. to beat up Tony. He wants to he wants to do it. He wants to beat up. Yeah, his he does. But like, I don't think they sell it enough. It just seems like, yo, you know, it'd be cool if they fought each other in Iron Man suits. Let's just have that happen now. I don't know. I eh. Iron Man says the best line mm, in the movie. Disagree, but go ahead. <laughs> DJ, give me a fat beat to beat my buddy's Except ass. Except because he's drunk, he like cracks up laughing halfway through it. <laughs> I, I love that they used this take. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's the right take to, to use for it. But yeah, they, they have a big dumb fight. They're breaking Tony's house. The DJ puts on another one, bites the dust, and eventually it kicks into It Takes Two. Is that what that song's called? Yes. Yeah. I think so. Like, it takes two to make a thing go right. It's in the Ant-Man 2 trailer. It does it. It's great. <laughs> Someone said Marvel likes that song. Uh, but yeah, they, they go into the gym where John Favreau realized his greatest sexual fantasy and uh, they beat the shit out of each other with the workout equipment. I The reason I like this scene is because it is just like a fist fight in Iron Man suits. Yeah, I, I like the, the action of the scene. I just, I don't think they sold me on how we got to this point. It just, I don't know. I... I mean, what, you want to beat up Tony Stark? Yes, very much so. But they didn't sell me on Rhodey wanting to beat up Tony Stark. We didn't get enough scenes of, like, their... Because, like, the last scene with him was him, like, reassuringly putting a hand on Tony Stark's shoulder and, like, comforting him. Right. And it was, like, Tony Stark saying, please trust me. I know what right. I'm doing. I think they, they built up the idea that, like, Rhodey is really sticking his neck out there for his friend. And 
Tony's just continually disappointing him in every turn, and he's finally had enough, and he needs to take out his Yeah, I don't know. I, I see what you're saying. I just, I don't, and, and I can see that read of the movie. I don't think that's a, you know, ridiculous thing to say. I just, the movie doesn't quite sell that for me. I don't know. Maybe if they showed Rhodey suffering more consequences for sticking out his neck. It mostly just seems like he gets a yeah, few angry phone calls that he's just like, yep, nope, I'm doing it. Don't worry about it. Bye. Uh, so Tony shoves War Machine into, like, a bathtub yeah. or something. And then he he looks at the audience who's been watching the fight, and they're all scared. And then he just screams he like He just Trek. roars like the Incredible Hulk, uh, who is, like, when he's mad at lightning. It's very specifically like the opening of the oh, movie Oh, you're Shrek. right! <laughs> remember the scene you mean now yes <laughs> oh if only the soundtrack had switched to uh, all-star at this point <laughs> yeah uh some dialogue during the fight includes you think you have what it takes to put on that suit you want to be a war yeah. machine yeah uh-huh so after tony does his shrek yes. scream uh Rhodey shoves his head into the fireplace right. and then they aim their repulsors at each other and they cross the streams, which causes a big right, explosion. Yeah. Which, yeah, that sets up for a later thing, I guess. Uh, yeah, they, they shoot the lasers at each other, like Goku and Vegeta. And uh, it just makes a big old mess of Tony's house. Yeah, and Tony is, at this point, down for the count, and Rhodey flies away. Yeah, he takes the, he, the Iron Man suit with him. He appears to be proficient in flying the he suit. He is good at this he has instantly. Worn it well, I think it's meant to apply like he has done this before. Oh, you think so? That's what it seems I, like I, to me. I, I get that read. The The dialogue in this movie, though, where he's like, nah, I don't need a sidekick, Rhodey. Blah, 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 blah. Seems like this is an early thing for him, and they just figured, yeah, I don't know. He can fly it. Why not? Maybe. I mean, he's a pilot. That is true. He is a pilot. So, he's yeah. good. How did they get it off? Uh, I mean... When he gets Listen, back to the those Air are the Force kind of States. questions you cannot ask. Like that—that's now we're being back in Cinema Sins territory. Okay, that's the uh, yeah. Uh, but so, yeah, he gets to some Air Force base out in ne- the desert. Yeah, and uh, they're all kind of like amazed that he's managed to steal an Iron Man suit from Tony Stark. Uh, yeah, because yeah. this movie is the story of the government stealing uh, the private property of a brilliant inventor. So now comes the scene which people don't like because they think it makes this movie just feel like a big setup for the Avengers, which, like, the Nick Fury stuff only takes up a couple minutes. I think this movie does stand alone, whether you think it's good or bad. Yeah, it it stands alone. I do think these Nick Fury scenes feel a little bit like, it it feels like they wrote the movie and then we're like, fuck, we got to get more Avengers teases in here. Let's let's slip some shit in. I don't hate it by any means. There's, I got... (laughs) I got bigger yeah. problems with this movie than Nick Fury being in it. But, uh, yeah, there's yeah. some clunky dialogue here, but like Tony's eating a bunch of donuts while sitting inside a, a big donut yes. sign. And Nick Fury comes up and says, Sir, please exit the yes. donut. It's a good, it's a good scene. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. A good uh, line. And they both go sit down inside the, the donut shop and, uh, Tony Stark has apparently done a 180 from the credit stinger of the Hulk because he has no interest in being an Avenger. All right. Well, I mean, this is explained in the consultant. Right. You you explained this to me where they sent Tony Stark to General Ross to dissuade him from adding the abomination to the Avengers. 
Right. Tony says he doesn't want to join your super secret yes. boy band. And uh, Nick Fury does have a weird line here that's like calling back to his credit stinger line from Iron Man 1, where he's like, you are, n- no matter how much you think, you're not the center of my universe. Like, no, you, you did that bit already, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I guess that is a weird yeah. callback. He's, he's very real. He's the realest person you're ever going to meet. Right. Uh, while they're kind of bickering, um, this is the part where this movie starts to confuse me because Black Widow uh-huh. walks in and she's okay. played by Scarlett Johansson, who already has a role in this movie. Like, why do they double, like, why do they cast her in two roles? Well, so the thing is, Luke, that, uh, the Black Widow and Natasha Romanoff uh-huh. was actually undercover as Natalie Rushman. Wait, what? What? Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. Oh my god, that it's not it's not really supposed to be a twist, Luke. <laughs> oh my god, this makes so much sense now. I understand. Anyway, <laughs> I'm done with that bad bit. Right, so they talk about Rhodey taking the suit, and they mention that there's no way he just stole the suit because only authorized people can use the suit in the first place. Right. Which means that Tony must have had must have always had the idea that maybe Rhodey would one day take on the suit. Yeah. I, I guess that is the... That explanation makes perfect sense, and you're probably right that that's, that's how you're supposed to take it. I did take it as Tony just lied about having those security systems set up because he's a jackass. But okay. your, yours honestly makes more sense. So uh, Black Widow injects him with a thing mm. that takes the edge off. His blood being 89% right, palladium. Right, it drops down to probably just like 70% palladium. <laughs> it's lithium dioxide. Yeah, which everyone knows. You drop a little bit of that on some palladium, it turns it into blood. I I don't think that's safe to inject. Probably not. <laughs> well, lith- I don't think lithium they use to treat uh, bipolar disorder, I think. Yeah, but that's lithium in a, sure. in a different yeah, yeah, yeah. form. Uh. But anyway, yeah, they, they say that, like, that's not a cure. It's just a better symptom suppressant than whatever black goop he's been drinking. And he tells them that he has tried every element that exists. And Nick Fury is just like, I know you haven't, buddy. Every combination, every permutation. Yeah. And yeah, Nick Fury is just like, no, nah, I'm here to tell you that there's something you haven't tried yet. That's how, that's the delivery that Sam Jackson uses. He has a line that's very clunky, which is like, I have bigger problems to deal with than you in the Southwest region. Yeah. Where Thor Odinson, the God of Thunder, has been banished by Odin Allfather for invading you. And it's a weird clunky line because they have a much smoother tease of that later on. They didn't need to double allude to it. Right. Uh, But we cut back to my favorite men. Uh... Give me a sitcom with God. Me. Yes, I'd give anything for that. <laughs> oh, this seems so good because okay, they got a bird for Fanko. It's not his bird, but it's yeah. Well, he's yeah. Uh huh. Yes. Uh, I, I um, love that they just said, ah, he's a dummy weirdo foreigner. He won't know one bird from another. Let's just go get him a bird. Right, and Justin points out that Vanko has replaced the helmet with. Uh, a drone yes. head. <laughs> there's there's long thought Yes. <laughs> now see, this is the best line of the movie. Every line that Justin says here. He, he pulls the helmet off and says, 
Uh, this doesn't look like a helmet. Ivan, I don't think this is a helmet. He turns to his assistant he's like, here, try to put that on your head. He's like, no, my head wouldn't fit that. Yeah, but try to put it on. Go ahead. And he just picks it up and like sets it on his head. And it's the way he's always like, yeah, see, I, Ivan, that's not a helmet. <laughs> This is such a good movie. Oh, the parts of it are. As long as you don't pay too much as attention long as you to don't it. Don't think about it at all. He <laughs> <laughs> just puts the head over his head. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. Ivan uh, explains that, you know, he decided to get rid of pilots in these things and replace them with drones. He he succinctly summarizes the Obama administration's foreign policy <laughs> by saying, drone better. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And Justin kind of explains that it doesn't matter if drones would be better. People are really into Iron Man, and he's trying to make a better Iron Man. Please do my thing instead of your thing, Ivan. Hey, man. Don't get too attached to things. Don't yeah, which is go. what uh, Justin told him about the bird. Uh, but... Justin kind of backs off and just is like, these drones better be so fucking cool. Let's get out of here. No, he delivers it much better. Yeah. Where he's like, these drones better steal the show, Ivan. You understand? Better rock my yeah. world, Ivan. A lot of times when he's talking to Ivan, he like is very condescending to him. Uh, he's like, no, Ivan, we got to make him like Iron Man. You understand? Oh, he's just such a sleazy little <laughs> shithead. I love him. <laughs> But we cut back to the Air Force Base where Rhodey's got the, the Iron Man suit. They got yes. the suit off. Yeah. Who knows how? And it's intact. It's, yeah. All, all mm-hmm. in one piece. Yeah. And uh, the general is very proud of him and says, good, now let's get to work weaponizing it. And Rhodey immediately has a, like, a take like, wait, wait, what? Like, buddy, what'd you think they were going to do? Uh, well, I think it's more in response to Hammer being the one to weaponize uh, it. No, because I think the general says like, Let's get to work weaponize it. And Rhodey immediately is like, wait, what? And then he goes, like, oh, no. let's get Justin Hammer on the line. No, the line is good. Get Hammer okay, down yeah, here to right, weaponize right. it. Sir? You're right. And he says that presenting it at the expo would be a bad yes. idea. But uh, the general just kind of tells him, like, buddy, shut up. You did a good job. Go away. Yes. It's an order, Colonel. Uh, so Rhodey backs off and is immediately like, oh, nuts. I really donked this one up. Um. I have to follow the general's right. orders. Again, don't really know how you expected this to go. Not sure why you're surprised. Um, but it cuts back to the wrecked Stark mansion where Nick Fury and uh, Tony Stark are hanging out. <sighs> and, let's talk about Fury's yeah, little speech here. Uh-huh. So, so, you know, Fury says the arc reactor is based on unfinished technology. And Tony says, no, it was finished. I, it, I miniaturized it. And Fury says, no, your father said it was a stepping stone to something greater. He was going about to kick off an energy race that was going to dwarf the arms race. Something so big it was going to make the nuclear reactor look like a triple A Kind of seems like the arc reactor's already done that. But sure, right. whatever. And then they talk about Anton Vanko. Uh-huh. <laughs> Anton Vanko is the other side of that yes. coin. Anton saw it as a way to get rich. When your father found out, he had him now deported. Again. And the Russian <laughs> Anton Venko, uh, like officially, was deported because he was accused of espionage. So he didn't just have him deported, which would be bad enough. He framed him for espionage because he wanted to get rich. Yes, 
And God knows the Starks hate money. <sighs> Howard I, Stark is a fucking monster. <laughs> so I think the implication of the next line, when the Russians found out he couldn't deliver, is, is supposed to be taken as he wanted to sell this to the Russian government? Maybe? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that is a way you could read that line, but you have to read into it and, like a layer or two deep before you get there. And Howard's a true-blooded American. He only wants to sell to the American government. Yeah, because like I, I see where you're reading it that way. My read of it was that he got deported back to Russia, and he tried to make an arc reactor for them, and he couldn't. And then they got rid of him. Yeah, yeah. That that is another valid way to read it, which makes Howard Stark seem like a Howard real piece Stark of shit. is the garbagest human being. And so. Nick Fury then says he spent the next 20 years in a vodka-fueled yes. rage, which we only have one scene with Anton Vanko, but, like, you get the sense that he is a loving father. Yeah, because he also does have a line about, like, oh, that wasn't the best environment to raise a kid in, let me tell you. But, like, yeah, Anton seems like a loving father, and Yvonne seems like a loving son, other than, you know, obviously he had to do a little bit of self-care there, just take a moment to lean against the doorframe. Right, I mean, they're they're poor, and being poor sucks. Yeah, being poor but sucks, like, taking care it, of a sick person sucks, even if you love them. Yeah, it seems like Anton loves his son and just wanted him to be successful like yeah. he deserved to be. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, the, the, again, this movie, there's a version of this movie that challenges all of the assumptions that th these characters keep making. That would be a really great film that I would love. But we're just supposed to take all of it on... We're, just, we're supposed to take the sides of the obvious bad guys. Right. Ugh. Ugh. Uh, but anyway, uh, they get into... Tony starts talking about how his dad didn't really like him. And he's confused by Nick Fury insisting that... He had so much faith in him that he'd usher in a new age by completing the arc reactor and all this shit. Uh, Tony seems surprised when Fury says that Howard was a founding yes, member of S.H.I.E.L.D. he did not know that about his father. Even though that should be a matter of public record? My impression was that at this point, S.H.I.E.L.D. is such a, like, deep... It's part of the deep government, Crystal. <laughs> From but the it's deep not. Uh, is it, it not? Isn't. I felt like that was the implication. No. It is, is publicly known. It has a Wikipedia page. When do they look up its Wikipedia page? I mean, they don't, but, like, it, it's treated as a publicly known entity. Okay, my, my impression across these three movies is that it was a very secret organization that the public didn't really know about. I mean, their activities sure. are secret. I'm sure their true activities probably don't match what is listed on the Wikipedia sure, page. Sure, right. But you, there would be, on the Founders section... Uh, Colonel Phillips, Howard Stark, and Peggy yeah. Carter. But uh, anyway, some government jerks bring in a big old trunk uh, that was full of a bunch of Howard's... I almost called him Howard Stern that time. <laughs> I just can't get his name right. Uh, anyway, bring in a trunk of Ned Stern stuff. Uh, Black Widow goes to do something, and he's, Tony Stark is left with just Phil Coulson. Oh, my man, Phil Coulson. Yes, uh, Tony has been kind of put in quarantine until he can solve the arc. Literally what Nick Fury describes as the riddle of his heart. Yes. Uh, 
Agent Colsa says, if you attempt to leave or play any games, I will tase you and watch Super Nanny while you yes. drool on the carpet. But he does it with the same cheeriness that he always has. And, um, right. yeah, then they're going to forget that they set that up as a rule. Well, <laughs> yeah, he was off doing stuff, you know. He's <laughs> But uh, it cuts to Tony. There does... No, it cuts back to fucking Rhodey. There we go. Rhodey. Taking the arc reactor yes. out of the suit. And then Justin Hammer comes in, sucking on yeah, a red Yeah, because he's got pop. a sweet tooth. Okay, here comes the actual best scene. This is a pretty good seat. <laughs> <laughs> he gives a, a very long monologue as he's presenting all of his weapons to Rhodey yes. and his friends. Uh, yeah, he offers just a pistol. He's like, oh, to downtown, I get you. Brings out an assault rifle. He's like, oh, but what am I thinking? You guys aren't hunting. Bring up some, like, Belgian machine gun. He's like, those guys make more than waffles. <laughs> I can tell this isn't just good right. enough for you. Grenade launcher. Yeah, he brings control. out a Gatling gun. Our boys in uniform call it Uncle Gaspacho or Puff the Magic Dragon. And then he finally opens and, then, and gets a small case that says, now this is the Cuban, gentlemen. And he opens it up, and it's just a... T- the Cohibas, the monster. It's a tiny little rocket. And he says, this thing... We'll bust the bunker underneath the bunker you were trying to bust. Hold on, I want to <laughs> yes, read. Yeah, go his ahead. Go ahead. Log. Okay, these are the Cubans, baby. This is the Cohibas, the Monte Cristos. This is a kinetic kill sidewinder vehicle with a secondary psychotrimethyltryptamine DX burst. It's capable of busting the bunker under the bunker you just busted. <laughs> if it were any smarter, it would write a book, a book that would make Ulysses look like it was written in crayon. And it would read it to you. This is my Eiffel Tower. This is my Rachmaninoff's third. My Pieta. It's completely elegant. It's bafflingly beautiful. And it's capable of reducing the population of any standing structure to zero. I call it the ex-wife. <laughs> God, he's... Oh, this movie's so good. He's such a good character. Man. This You can see Don Cheadle, like, trying not to break. Yeah, yeah. Which works because, like, in character, Justin Hammer is being such a weirdo that I can imagine that Rhodey is trying not to break, you know? Uh, He sniffs it like it's a fine cigar because that's about how big it is. (laughs) And, uh, like, Rhodey has just been silent this entire time. And Justin's finally like, oh, come on, say something. And he tells him, "Mm, I think we'll take it. All of it. So the, the war machine's happening. Uh, we cut back to Tony Stark looking through that trunk of his dad's. We see the original arc reactor plans that Whiplash was working off of earlier. Yeah, those yep. names on there. And there's some old film canisters. And we see that the original cut of that Stark Expo footage we saw earlier, the opening shot was of the arc reactor. Yeah. Yes. And uh, we get sort of a... A repeat of that footage where he flubs the line at the end. And it's it's just sort of the outtake reel from that video. Uh, and Tony's just reading through his notes while he's letting that play. And eventually hits a cut where Tony fucked with the diorama of the expo center. And his dad yelled at him. Yeah. And then it cuts to, I guess, at some point, Ned Stark hero of whatever the i don't even know what ned stark's function in game of thrones is is he a bad guy so from all of us at stark industries i'd like to personally show you my ass yes yeah it's he's just 
That's my yeah. favorite one. But eventually he decided that he's just going to take this opportunity to leave a video for his son. Well, yeah. hold on. As Tony's flipping through the notebook as he's yeah. watching this, there's a brief shot where you see a page where there are notes on the test. Oh, really? Oh, that's, yes. that's a cute little touch, I guess. Well, the implication is that the arc reactor was reverse engineered from oh, the Tesseract. Oh, sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And that the element Tony makes is the same thing that it's but made out of. But isn't the Tesseract made out of the space stone? All right. Yes. <laughs> well, what do you think the space stone's made oh, out of? That's, it's, isn't it like a singularity from before the Big Bang or some shit like that? Right. Okay. Well, it's also a rock. You right, touch yeah. It. It's made out of this All right, element. sure. Why not? But... Uh, yeah. Th- th- Okay, go that back to the That does alarm emotion. me a little bit because it implies that you can just synthesize more infinity stones. I mean, they don't have the same powers, yeah. but they have similar energy. Yeah, yeah but he made a tiny little bit of it. Like, who knows? Maybe, like, is that where Infinity War 2 is going? Is he just going to make his own infinity stones? No, it's not. Do you know? That's not actually out of the question. Oh, Yo, you don't think so? Huh. No. Uh, but anyway, yeah. He gets a message from his dad about how. Uh, yeah. Well, hold on, hold on. Now that we're talking about making okay, Infinity yeah. Stones, there is dialogue in Thor 2 that implies the villain of that movie, Malekith, did in fact create the reality oh, stone. weird. Okay. So it's right. possible. Well, we'll see, I guess. Um, emotional okay, emotional moment. Moment. <laughs> Uh Yeah, his dad tells him that he is limited by the technology of his time, and he can't actually complete his plans, but he knows that someday Tony will. And he looks right into the camera and he says... My greatest creation was you. Aww. Yeah, this is a sweet line, sure. Um, this whole emotional thing with his dad, though, just feels very undercooked to me. Like, this scene, this is a I good agree. scene, but it doesn't have the scenes leading up to it that you need to make it land, you know? Right. I don't know. It, it feels like it is part of a different movie that got scrapped with a few bits of it bolted into this one. Yeah. Uh... So then it cuts to Tony driving down yeah. the road, and there's a weirdly long scene where, like, he stops to buy some strawberries from a guy who's selling them off right. the Right, and, like, he doesn't have any change, so he just gives him a $100 bill, and the guy's like, oh, I can't take this, uh, and, uh... <laughs> this lasts so long! Last, again, it's a very fumbly, mumbly movie, and that's its best quality. Like, they, they could have just had Tony Stark show up with the strawberries, but I guess... Making it take longer makes the joke land better. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Uh, he does, as he drives away, the guy's like, hey, wait, aren't you Iron Man? And he goes, sometimes. <laughs> it's good. It's a good bit. Right. Uh, speaking of good bits, there's a very good bit in this scene where uh, we were in the office where Pepper went to in the first movie that is now her office. And she has this piece of kinetic sculpture on the desk. That's this weird yes. perpetual motion machine that is just these two, like, uh, bars of metal stuck to each other in such a way that it can never be oriented in a way that doesn't make it spin. Like, it's it's always got weight yes. acting on it, so it just keeps spinning forever. Um, she is watching... Why don't they make the whole airplane out of that? <laughs> uh, she is watching Bill O'Reilly on TV. Who, yes. uh, you know... They still did. They still did cameos yeah, like this at this yeah. point. Uh, how, how much O'Reilly factor have you watched, Crystal? I, not, I grew up in a much. conservative household, so I've seen a lot of Bill O'Reilly. Does she? Does he call? People oh yeah, that's pinheads? his thing. Yeah, like I, he's got a. I think it's okay. a book that he wrote called Patriots and Pinheads. 
Okay. <laughs> and yeah, this is very much the format of his show where he has some uh, topic he wants to discuss. And he explains it while basically the script of what he's saying appears on the screen to his right. It's a weird, it's a weird show. Um, he usually doesn't devote his time to hit pieces on random CEOs. But she's That's a true. girl. How can girl be qualified? Right, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it's a it's a weird moment. Right, they... They linger, they linger a lot. They're just watching Bill O'Reilly for like a minute. The editing on this movie is very good. I will agree with that. It has good editing. You're right. Uh. <laughs> so the point of the scene is Tony Stark's like desperately trying to apologize to Pepper. Right, he's trying to apologize and, and tell him that or and tell her that he's dying and a bunch of other things. And he tries to say, like, at first I came here to apologize, but not just that, but but she cuts him off like, oh, you didn't come here to apologize. And uh, because this is such a stumbly, mumbly, fumbly movie, he says, like, I, 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 uh, and she's like, if you say I one more time, I swear to Christ. He says, do you know how short life is? And if I never got to express, and by the way, this is somewhat revelatory to me, and I don't care. I mean, I care. Uh, it would be nice. I'm not expecting you to. Look, here's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I'm just going to say it. Then Pepper stops him right there because if he says I one more time, she's going to hurl yes. something at his head. Uh, yeah, she, she's very mad at him that he keeps fucking around and creating work for her. And uh, he at some point, the strawberries come into play and she says, like, are, are those for me? Did you realize that the only thing on Earth that I'm allergic to is strawberries? And he has a line about, he says, he says actually, this is progress for me, because I remembered that there was a correlation between you and strawberries. This, that line summarizes Tony yes. Stark as a character. Uh, but Scarlett He's, Johansson comes in, and Tony Stark's in a bad mood, so he tries to blow her cover, just to be a dick. Uh, and she just kind of blows him off. Happy Hogan's also there, and he kind of also blows him off. And he has a line about like, oh, great, I lost both kids in the divorce. And no one thinks it's funny. <laughs> um, but Pepper has a plan to catch. She leaves with Happy Hogan and uh, tells Natalie to sit down with Tony and figure out what to do with his old like desk decoration shit. I love the death glare that Scarlett Johansson gives in the scene. Oh, what's that? Like right, right after he says, your name is Natalie, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And she gives oh, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. the very yes. good evil eye. And as both of these women just despise. Yeah, I, I forget if it's this scene or later when we're like, hey, wait a second. Didn't you two like not like each other? Yeah, yeah. and they're yeah, just kind of like, no, scene. not really. Like, oh, you just dislike me. Gotcha. Yeah, we didn't really talk about some of the weird scenes where Pepper's like, ever since you came into his life. Yeah, that, that happens worse. like during the fight with Rhodey. And I don't, again, that, that also feels like it's from a different movie. This right, feels like they had like, four different ideas for an Iron Man 2 and just said, what if all of them? Yeah, basically. Uh, but eventually, Black Widow just leaves him alone in the office. He grabs the strawberries, grabs one for himself, and throws the rest out. They're like, they don't all hit the trash right. cans. So they just go, like, spilling oh, out onto we, the floor. We didn't go back to the, the kinetic sculpture thing. While he's tr while he's trying to apologize to Pepper, he is extremely distracted by it. And he asks her, like, can we can we move this, please? She's like, no, we can't. Absolutely not. 
And he like he like can't yeah, concentrate it's... because it's there. And then as soon as he's alone, he grabs it to make it stop. <laughs> it's very good. I... Well, I'm just watching him. Yeah, the it's so good because like he he doesn't he even try. He completely misses the in. trash can. <laughs> and, but anyway, he takes the model of the yeah Star because Expo he because it's leaned up against the wall. He's seeing it from an overhead perspective. Now, speaking of things that aren't meant to be twists. Like, I kind of saw this coming from the start of the movie. <laughs> like, as soon as they right. show the diorama, you can sort of see it from, like, a three-quarters angle. Like, oh, it's kind of circular. Oh, it's going to be, like, a secret schematic. Gotcha. But, yeah, he drives it back in his... Yeah, go ahead. But, like, like atoms are not that complicated. No, uh-uh. Like, you don't have to make a secret schematic. Right. The issue is really mostly in the yeah. making of like, them. We, we have made new elements and stuff in laboratories. It's just... You just put another yeah, proton it's just on there. Getting it to stick, that's the hard part. Right. Which is what he says in the video that, like, I don't have the technology to make right. this, basically. But uh, he takes the diorama back to his house and uh, turns it into a hologram. He flips it around and starts, like, taking pieces of it apart until he's just left with the embedded schematic of the atom. There's a good scene where he's driving yeah. on the highway and his diorama is just, like, sticking 50 feet into <laughs> yeah, the it's, air it's a good shot. car. And it can fold yep. very conveniently. And uh, he, like, shouts out to Jarvis and all his robots, like, get ready, guys, we're getting back to the hardware, ready for some renovations, and just starts smashing a hole in his wall. It's it sounds, yeah. it's very much, he may as well be turning to the audience and be like, remember all those cool scenes where I was making the Iron Man suit? Gonna do more of that shit, get ready. Um, He makes, like, a particle accelerator, I think, is what this is supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. In his garage. At some point, Phil Coulson comes in, and this is what you're talking about, where he's like, they have some dialogue about how Tony just left and came back without getting in trouble like he was told he would be. And uh, yeah. Phil Coulson just like, oh, I was doing stuff. Like, that's literally, his line is literally something like that. He's like, ah, oh, yeah, I had a thing. Don't worry about it. Uh, there's a little hat tip to Captain America, where among Howard Stark's stuff is an incomplete Captain America shield. And Tony's like, oh, that, that, that's the thing I need. That's perfect. And he just uses it to prop up the particle accelerator. This is a goofy little joke. It's, yeah, it's, it's a good yeah. joke. And Phil Coulson just says, goodbye, I'm leaving to yeah. go be in Thor. <laughs> yes! Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so Tony gets the particle accelerator going. It like shoots some kind of laser through it that he has a prism in there that focuses the beam and it like cuts through a bunch of shit while he tries to turn it to face this little triangle thing he set up and it makes the triangle thingy glow and it makes a it makes a cool new arc reactor glows in a way similar that is true to the tesseract yeah with the same that, that is correct uh then we get to uh hammer who's on the golf course with he's is he with stern or just some senator you know he's with stern and uh he needs to know how the drones are coming because he wants Stern to come by and take a look at them. And uh, to his credit, well, not, not to his credit, but like in a way that makes a little bit of sense, at least, Yvonne's just like, they're not, you told me to make them ready for the like expo. I don't have them ready now. But then he goes on to say, they're also not going to be ready for the expo. He's going to be able to make them salute and that's it. No, he says he can, he can make, make salute, salute, yes. Which also means fireworks. Yes. Yeah. Um, but as he's talking the camera pans out to reveal he has made new upgraded versions of his whips and that he's been playing justin hammer all along 
Who could have expected? Then we get another great scene of them together where Justin walks in, <laughs> walks in to Yvonne laid out on this bed with his bird. He's like, oh, you like the bird now. Thought it wasn't your bird. Mm, guess you like it, though. Is it your bird? Maybe not. I don't know. Take his bird away. And they just grab the bird and shove it into a bag. <laughs> and Yvonne's just like, hey. And then he's like, take his pillows, too. And, um... Fuck out. Take his shoes. <laughs> oh, I love him. <laughs> He's like, oh, I took your stuff. Do you like that? Huh? Do you feel bad? Good, because I also feel bad. And he starts yelling at him about how he's been fucking around with him and uh, that he's going to go to the expo. And luckily for him, he's got the Iron Man suit now to use as the sort of center of the whole thing. And the shitty drones can just be set dressing, basically. Right. And when he gets back, they're going to renegotiate the terms of their contract. And he leaves two security guards in there with him so that Yvonne doesn't try anything. Right, Yvonne's not going to be right. able to kill So we these immediately guys. cut to Tony Stark getting a phone call from a block number, and Yvonne has killed these guys. They are just hanging, like, in a way that they're, like, hanging from the ceiling with just their legs in frame. It's, it's a, a really good, good shot. shot. He's like ripped up the floor and plugged a phone headset into some wire so that he can make phone calls. It's it's very good. He's just got this bird on his shoulder too. And the his bad hands guys are all in this movie are so good. I wish right? this movie was better. They deserve better because they're great. They do deserve better. Um, but they kind of just have some villain hero foreplay about how they're going to fight each other, going to scuff up. And Jarvis tries to trace the call, but he can only narrow it down to, like, a tri-state area. But Tony figures out that it's definitely, he's somehow connected to uh, Justin Hammer. Yeah. Right. So it cuts to the Stark Cuts Expo. to the Stark Expo. Where, <laughs> again, God, I love Justin Hammer. He comes out onto the stage and just starts dancing. And he's a good dancer. <laughs> and everyone just kind of clo- <laughs> Right, he he's is actually, actually a good dancer. <laughs> and he comes out to the podium and uh, starts giving a speech about, I don't even know what, but he uh, shows off the drones in this very bombastic display. And uh, I don't know, this movie starts losing my interest at this point. Justin Hammer dancing is the last time I remember this movie uh, entertaining me. Yeah, we, we skipped over the part where uh, Tony... But puts the new arc reactor oh, in his yes, chest. Yeah. And, and it, it, he, it's like he's just taking right. a stimulant. He's like, oh, he's like, wow. Oh, oh, ah, and this, oh. it just keeps glowing brighter and brighter until the whole screen fades to white. Tastes oh, like yeah. coconut. He just tastes coconut. Sure. Uh, but yeah, he shows off the drones. Rhodey comes in in the war machine uh, suit. It's all kitted out with all the weapons. Hold on, we missed Justin Hammer's oh, what's very the joke? joke. Well, today, my friends... The press, the press is faced with quite oh, right. a difficult problem. They are about to run yeah. out of ink. <laughs> Glad you liked that line. Nobody laughed at it, but I did. Uh, but yeah, Rhodey comes in in the war machine suit. Tony Stark lands in his new Iron Man suit with the new arc reactor. And uh, just starts talking to Rhodey. Yeah, it's, it's a triangle. triangle. Uh, and a triangle it shall remain. Uh, he's like waving to the crowd while he talks to Rhodey about how Justin's working with Whiplash. 
and uh, he tries to interrogate Justin on the stage when all of the sudden, Crystal, the war machine suit starts acting all on its own self. Yeah, it's, it's like, like it's, it's been, been hacked, hacked and all the drones sort of come to life simultaneously and they all start shooting at Tony Stark. And we get some very good cutaways to Yvonne hacking, just tip-tapping on some keys. That's how it works. That's how it works. And uh, they, Iron Man flies away, and all the drones chase after him, along with War Machine. There's some funny scenes where, like, Iron Man flies past some cars, and one car alarm yeah, goes off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all the drones follow, and all the yes. car alarms go off. Uh, Justin, like, runs to his booth or whatever to figure out what the fuck's going on, and Black Widow and Pepper jump in to, like, try and stop him, or, like, get some info out of him. Pepper calls the cops, and he's very mad at her for doing this, but he doesn't do anything about it. He's just like, no, come on. Mm, no, I don't want to go to jail. Uh, but yeah, the drones and Rhodey chase Iron Man around. There's a little bit where there's a kid with an Iron Man mask they lock onto, and it's this little cute scene where Iron Man shoots him. Yeah. It's Peter oh, Parker. Is, is that supposed to be Peter Parker? Yeah, it's Okay, in sure, why not? It's Peter Parker. That seems a little young for Peter Parker. He would be... He'd be eight. And how old is he in Spider-Man? Like, 15? Okay, is yeah. seven years passed between those two movies? Well, he's 14 in, in Civil War, so he's like okay. eight, nine here. Yeah, yeah, I guess that adds up. It, it could be Peter Parker. But then then you get another horny scene yes, with Afro. Hogan is driving Black Widow to Justin Hammer's lab to get Whiplash. And she is stripping and getting into her spy suit in the back seat. And, a, <laughs> and he's just staring into the rear view watching her strip. And he starts like almost hitting cars and she yells at him to watch the road. And then she sticks just her leg up. lays down in the back seat and sticks her leg up in the air. Oh, buddy. You got any other take, guys? Buddy. Uh, but yeah, they they chase Iron Man around. He kind of like tries to thread them through places where they'll crash chasing him. Like he, yeah, he flies through the yeah. Queen's globe. So here's thing. actually, this isn't as big of a problem as some stuff, but I think all the action with the drones is kind of boring because they never seem like they're actually that much of a threat. Like, he deals with them very competently in a way that it's like, okay, yeah, I guess I guess all this scheming and machination on Whiplash's part was pointless. Cool. Yeah, no, at this point, Tony's just trying to minimize collateral yeah. damage. Um, but, uh, yeah, Hogan and Black Widow get to the lab, and they break in. Hogan insists on helping out and gets in a fistfight with the first security guard they encounter, while Black Widow moves on to, like, murder 18 men. It is <laughs> a, good a good joke. joke. He's in this, like, because they shoot, they shoot the fight, the fist fight with Hogan very, like, straightforwardly. Like, they don't play that like a joke. But then you can contrast it with how Black Widow is doing, and it's very dumb that he's bothering to fight this guy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's a good yeah. fist fight. Um... What even happens in the rest of this movie? Because I'm, this, I am checking out at this point, uh, Crystal. <laughs> So Black Widow gets into the room where Vanko was being held, and she gets on this computer so she can reset the war right, machine yeah. suit, but not the drones. Yes, uh, which, okay, sure. Uh, at some point, War Machine and 
Iron Man crash into like a biodome. Yeah, it's the Oracle biodome with a very yeah. pretty Japanese garden. And uh, yeah, and Rhodey's machine gun—he's like pinning Tony to the ground. His machine gun is trying to hit him. Yeah, with bullets, and Tony's like holding yeah. it back with his hand. And uh, his suit gets rebooted, and then they gotta like prep to deal with the incoming drones. They get in like a pissing contest about which suit is stronger. I love the scene. Really? Actually, because like the these characters act like they're playing yes, a co-op shooter, and it's yeah. Hilarious okay, I, to I me. can see where you would in, enjoy that aspect of it, but yeah, I don't know. At, at this point, this is a problem that is recurring with these movies, and that, as far as I remember, is going to keep recurring. Which is that when it's time for the big, cool superhero punching ups, it just gets boring to me. They all it just turns into just. CGI fun time mayhem. If this was a co-op shooter, I'd have a lot of fun playing it. But I don't want to watch two bros so, play Xbox er- together. <laughs> I kind of want to. There's an earlier scene where after Natasha hacks the War Machine suit, uh, Pepper oh, right, goes yeah, on yeah. screen. And Pepper and Tony have a conversation through the computers where Tony yes, says that or, he's dying. But only it's like yeah, Pepper over Or he's not it. dying anymore. Uh, Yeah. So they, while they're arguing and like Rhodey is trying to explain that where they currently are standing is the worst spot to stand. Uh, this is the kill box. Yeah. Where you the drones surround them while they're in this area. Let's put the biggest gun up on the ridge. Yes. And they both go on the ridge. Tony says, you have the biggest gun. You are not yep. the biggest gun. So they start blowing up all the drones and they have zero, they have zero it's trouble good. with it. And it's just kind of, I don't know. <laughs> My favorite line in this scene is where Rhodey just goes, yeah, yeah, yeah nice. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I want to see these drones having, like, even a 1% success rate here. There is no sense of danger at any point in this scene. They just fuck them up. I kind of like that they just put all the money in this scene and had a bunch of bullets Sure, that's fine, but, like, again, I love Yvonne in this movie. But, like, he has spent half the movie planning for this part, and these drones suck. These drones don't do anything. No, they aren't they very effective. They fold like wet paper towels. Uh, but they, they finish them all off, and then Yvonne shows up in a full-on Iron Man-esque whiplash suit. And they he fights them two-on-one. He's got, like, one guy. He's got one iron guy wrapped up in one whip and one wrapped up in the other. He's, he's doing an okay job. But then they both shoot their beams at each other again, Crystal. Well, before that, Rhodey tries to use the x Oh, yeah, there is there is a good goof here where he shoots that <laughs> rocket that Justin... Yes, the x wife uh, That Justin went on and on and on about, and it just kind of harmlessly plinks off of Whiplash's armor. It's, it's a good joke. But then they do their combo attack after Whiplash cuts right, off they, Rhodey's they machine. They do, gun. like, the, the quarter circle back and all three punch buttons and that you know brings in the super move so vanko lost the fight but he still says you yeah. lose because right, all he's the drones his plan. so okay all right maybe they're supposed to fold like wet paper towels maybe the idea is that he was tricking tony into dropping these drones all over the place so they'll all blow up okay sure but then they all blow up and it's, there's no consequence for it uh i mean he saves, yeah, he saves pepper, pepper for but one that she was close to but there's no I mean, was anyone else close to any of those other drones? What happened to Peter Parker? Was he by one? 
I mean, the white shot showed a lot of explosions. It did, but it shows zero consequences for any of those explosions. Uh, he said, well, he yeah, said exactly. Pepper. And he takes her up to a roof, and she's freaking out about how she wants to quit, and then they, they smooch. Yeah. Yeah. And Rhodey's been watching Yeah, what's his time. line here? What's he tell them? Hold on. I want to call back to an earlier oh, line sure, yes. during the fight, which is okay. the other best line. It's like Tony's making fun of all the bells and whistles in his suit, and Rhodey's like, yeah, it's called being a badass, right. Tony. That's not a good line. <laughs> not mean, even is. a little bit. I groaned at that line. Uh, oh, right. He, he tells them that they look like two <laughs> seals fighting over a grape. That's what he tells them. Yes. There, there's like a, a weirdly sincere moment here where Tony's like, hey, you were good back there. And he's like, thanks. Yeah, you yeah, too. Yeah. But he tells them that he... Like, they had a good right, video exactly. session. Uh, Rhodey tells him that his car got blown up, so he's got to take the suit to get home. And I, Tony tells him no. Rhodey says I wasn't asking, and he just leaves. And uh, we're basically done with this movie. We're in the the wind down here. Tony, the the denouement. denouement. Uh, Tony has a folder that just says Avengers Initiative in big block letters. And I don't know why uh, why uh, Nick Fury put that folder there because he immediately smacks it out of his hands. And says, no, you can't read that. I want you to read this. It's it's Natasha's report on you. Uh, and basically, again, he reads all about how she reported him as being uh, self-destructive and bad when she spent this movie encouraging him to be self-destructive and bad. I guess maybe she was maybe she was being, you know, the devil on his shoulder and seeing how easily he'd succumb to that kind of temptation. I don't know. It's weird. I guess so. But uh, they tell him that they don't, because of this movie, they don't think he is stable enough to be an Avenger, but they might want him as a consultant. And uh, he tells them that they couldn't afford him, but he'll waive his retainer if they can do him a favor. He is being honored with a medal for what he's done, and he needs someone to present it. And we find out that he is, Nick Fury rigs it so Gary Shandling has to honor Iron Man. Some uh, interesting notes on what's going on on oh, those computer screens yeah. around Nick Fury. Uh, the battle at Culver University with the Incredible Hulk is oh, happening okay. live cool. on screen. And some of the circles on the map include Wakanda oh. and Atlantis. Who's in Atlantis? Uh, he hasn't been in any of these movies yet, right? No, because Universal oh. has rights to him. Does anyone else have rights to Beta Ray Bill? I do you think they're ever going to do so. Beta Ray Bill? Or is he too silly for these movies? That thing seems like a thing. Yeah, he's just a weird horseman, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. I don't know. I'd be down with Beta Ray Bill in these movies. So Gary Shandling puts the metal yeah. on Tony, and he pricks him. He says, isn't it funny how annoying a little yeah. prick can and be? It's, it's very funny, because this, this government man <laughs> who has wanted oversight of this private genius uh, and his invention before he hurts somebody uh, has finally been forced to... Uh, subordinate himself to the genius. And if that's not enough, don't worry. We're also going to turn him into a Nazi in a future movie because anyone that opposes Tony Stark must be a bad guy. This is a weirdly low-key ending considering yeah, the last you're right, movie. you're right. This movie almost ends in a zero Kind of, yeah, yeah. It Like, he has, he has more power, War Machine's there. His relationship with Pepper has kind of right. progressed. But you, you that's kind of it. I'm trying to think. I think you could skip this movie and not lose out on any important details. Yeah, because yeah, I, oh, totally I think could. that might be by design because Iron Man was such a smash hit and they needed to make another Iron Man pronto 
but also they had their like grander scheme for the MCU, and I think they probably just wanted to make something that would be more Iron Man because that's what the people want without complicating their plans too badly. That that is my guess. Yeah, I think yeah. it's probably something Which like that. I, I'm fine with it being a zero sum game. Like that's that's fine, whatever. Um, I just the themes and the morals of this movie are trash, and there are a lot of very funny parts in this movie. I a I cannot keep overstating how much I like Justin Hammer as a character, and I love uh, Yvonne as a character. They're they're fantastic, and all the scenes of them in that garage are some of my favorite bits in any of these movies. But this movie's core is rotten, and it makes all of the good stuff on the surface hard for me to really praise that much. And also, I think it gets weirdly boring in like the last third. What do you think about so the post credit scene, scene? Is Phil Coulson driving out to the desert? This is a scene from Thor, which you can tell because it has gratuitous Dutch <laughs> angles. Uh, yeah, he drives out to the desert and looks into this like pit where they've got like a dig site. And he picks up his phone. And he's like, sir, we found it. And the camera just pans over to Thor's hammer. This is a pretty good tease for Thor. Yeah, it's a good tease. Watch that movie next yeah, year. Yeah, which is to say next week. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, so so you like this movie. You think it's a good movie. I think I maybe like it less now that we've had okay. this discussion. Yeah, yeah. I, which is funny. I think I like it a little more because you have emphasized the good parts so much during this conversation. Yeah, you're right that this movie has a lot of really fun surface scenes, but the core of it is, like, one just not good narratively because it sets up a bunch of interesting things right, yeah. and doesn't pay them off. I think they really wasted the character yes. of Anton Vanko. Um, and then also, like you said, it's kind of morally and politically uh, right. garbage. And those are weirdly interlinked because I think you could solve both of those problems like with the same narrative moves. Like it just needs to be a movie about Tony learning about the rotten history of his family's money and like divesting himself from the military industrial complex. Like a good version of this movie could make up for all of the problems in Iron Man 1 and even make me like Iron Man 1 more retroactively if it was setting up a status quo that the sequel was going to reject, you know? Yeah, you could have solved a number of narrative issues with this film if you were willing to redeem Vanko. If you were willing to redeem Vanko and if you were willing to make Tony Stark the bad guy instead of the lovable asshole that everyone wants to see. Because he's a bad person in this movie and it's... He just gets scolded by every other character like he's a naughty kid. But, like, it goes deeper than that. Uh, what letter grade would you give this film? That's a really hard one to, to pin down because there's there's a lot to like about this movie. But mm, on, a, on a core, like, plotting and narrative level, it's... I think on those levels, it's the worst movie we've watched. But on the surface level, I think it's the best movie we've watched. I think The Incredible Hulk is is definitely a better structured script. Yeah. But, but it's not it's, it's also, less compelling. It's not yeah, fun it's, to watch. It's very dry. It's very dry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's difficult for me to figure out the right way to weigh those two things. But like I said, I think I think the stuff that's good in this movie is kind of fruit of the poison tree, and I'm inclined to hit this movie pretty hard because of that. But it's also like, very fun to watch. So So what are we thinking? <sighs> What do we give Iron a Man B-? 1? And what do we give the Hulk a C? Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to go right between those two and say C+. Really? 
That's yeah. about where I was thinking in the beginning, but then I felt more negative. Yeah? Are you thinking no, lower than that? I, I do still think I'd probably rather watch it than The Hulk. Yeah, that's the thing, right? Like, I, I, I simultaneously kind of hate this movie and also enjoy this movie. And it's weird to reconcile those two I, things. I think we're going to end up agreeing. I think I'll go with C+. C+, okay. Less, right, con- less contentious than we thought it would yeah, be. Yeah, yeah. I talked you down, you talked me up. I'm putting we met it in the at middle. 2.33. Yeah, you have created a spreadsheet where you are tracking the GPA of the Marvel Cinematic oh, sh- Universe. Yeah, let me pull in the numbers. Uh, uh-oh, my spreadsheet messed up. Oh, no. Well, anyway. Yeah. The current rankings are Iron Man, B- for both of us. Yep. The Incredible Hulk, C for both of us. Yep. Iron Man 2, C plus for both of us. Yeah, I... <sighs> So far, we I'm have okay both identical uh, list rankings and scores. Yeah. Uh huh. I thought this was going to be the point where we'd finally diverge, but we, we we're still Do together. You like Thor? So here's the thing: we might diverge in the in the opposite way of how I expect, because I kind of like Thor, hmm. and I know you don't like it. Yeah, we'll see. I don't think Thor's amazing, but I think it's I think it's okay. You know, we'll we'll see when I rewatch it if I still feel that way. But Luke, yeah. where can people send us questions? Uh, you can send us questions to your Twitter account when you ask for them, and also a Gmail account that I'm never going to remember. me at gmail.com. It's very easy to remember, so you'd think I would. Luke, why don't you read off some questions? Uh, that would require me to open Twitter, so let me do that real fast. Do you want to read one while I do it? Uh, first question comes in from Luke. Why did I forget to watch it? Now i got to get up early to watch it in time for the podcast. Yep, I did have to wake up early today to watch this because I forgot we were recording this Why'd today. You forget? Um, cause we haven't really talked about it since last week and I wasn't really that excited to watch this movie uh-huh. and, uh, yeah, it, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, our second question comes in from, uh, uh, Ty. Do you think it would have been a better movie if it was about alcoholism? I mean, maybe, but maybe, I don't yeah. think that would solve the issues of this script. It wouldn't solve the issues of the script. My gut says no, because I don't trust them at this point to handle an issue that you have to approach with a certain level of tact and like substance yeah you know? like at the end of the day it still needs to be a superhero film it still needs to be a superhero film and like alcoholism is one of those subjects that i don't think ever works if you try to heighten it or make it anything other than a serious examination of alcoholism just because it is yeah. a real problem that real people deal with on a daily basis so it just seems kind of gauche to, like, have fun with it. Yeah, I, I, I think it was probably the right call to step away from alcoholism. Uh, Mitchell has a question for last week's episode that was left over. In what way do you think the movie's themes would change if the supervillain was instead named Obama Nation and he oh. was less of a Hulk and more of a really physically imposing Obama type? Very collected, tan suit sometimes. Uh, staccato enunciation. Uh, what, uh, what do you well, think, Crystal? Of the three films we've watched so far, yeah. I would say The Incredible Hulk is probably the most critical of the United States military. Yes. So definitely. making the Abomination an Obamination would be, uh, you know, a really sharp criticism of his foreign policy. I think. Uh, <laughs> sure. Let's move on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, uh, Trippy Jing asks, whatever happened to the new element? Uh, it's in Iron Man's chest. Yeah, what do you want? Still there. Yeah. Um, 
Emily asks, why do people think it's the worst thing ever when it's a pretty okay movie? Okay, I, I'll, I'll take this one, sure. I, I don't know about you, Crystal. More often than not, I would rather something be an ambitious failure than a safe, mediocre movie. I agree. Like, I, would, I like movies that suck if they really swung for the fences. Like, I kind of like Ang Lee's Hulk, even though it's kind of a piece of shit. But when a movie just kind of aims for the middle and hits the middle, I'm like, yeah, great. Great job, guys. Cool. I, I guess I didn't hate that two hours of my life, so congratulations on aspiring to mediocrity and succeeding. Good job, Incredible Hulk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's why I rate Incredible Hulk lower. Because this one has moments where I'm like, oh, hey, you're trying something, even if it doesn't follow through. Uh, let's see here. Ruth asks, was Tony's father being horrible explored enough in this film? No, no, nope. it wasn't. Nope. <laughs> Not even a little bit. He's, a, he's the villain of this movie, and they don't treat yeah, him he, like he it. basically cause all the problems in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Izzy asks, what did you think of the villains? The villains are great. I love the villains. I do love the villains. I wish they were in a better I movie. I wish they had a sitcom. I, yes, 100%. Just I want Justin Hammer to walk into that warehouse and a laugh track starts. Uh, uh, the last question I see, at least, is again from Mitchell, who says, What's that Ron man gotten himself into this time? Well, we answered that already in the last, like, two hours. Go back and, uh, go he, back and re-listen. He's dying, and the government wants to steal his armor, and he has he, made his girlfriend the CEO... And also a guy wants to kill him. The government does just straight up steal his armor. I'm not, again, I don't really understand. Like, is Iron Man 3 just about his extensive lawsuit with the government for stealing from him? Eminent domain. Okay. You think they wouldn't be allowed to do this? I actually don't know. It's like, because definitely, if you built a tank in your back, in your garage, that seems illegal. And Iron Man is even more so than that. So, here, okay. Here's my biggest, like, here's the biggest moment of implausibility for this movie to me. Tony Stark should be arrested at the start of this He's movie. Rich. Like, I know. Yeah, you're right. But, like, it, on some level, like, part of me is constantly thinking, like, why is this sexy lady giving him a subpoena? Why isn't she just putting him in handcuffs? I don't know. He's rich. Yeah, I know. I'm pretty sure the Iron Man suit violates some kind of federal weapons law. There must be some kind of law against building weapons like that. Uh, for and if there's use. not, there ought to be. Right. But then again, that brings me back to like, why is it such, why is there so much back and forth? Just, ah, eh, they explain it good enough, I guess. I don't know. That again, the political element of this movie feels half-baked in a way that just kind of makes me like, why'd you bother? Luke, where can people find you online? You can find me online on Twitter at SSJ Speed Racer. You can find me on a bunch of podcasts like Totally Reprise. Uh, let me tell you about Homestuck. Uh, you and I do a podcast called Let's Place, which you'll probably talk about in a minute here. And on Saturday nights at 9 o'clock Central most weeks, you can go to bit.ly slash silverpines to watch our RPG uh, stream. Silver Pines is a fun time that I GM a game for a bunch of audio entropy people, and it is fun. You can find me at Arcane Crystal. You can find me on the Book of Medora podcast, where we talk about The Legend of Zelda. Find me on Let's Place, where we scientifically and objectively rank every video game according to quality. Yeah. Where can people send us emails, Luke? Uh, they can send them to mcucompleteme at gmail.com. Send emails. We love emails. I like long email questions. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You want to send in a long email. If you have thoughts on any of these three movies, if 
if you think we got something wrong and you want to say your mind, go for it. You want to hear a joke about irony? Oh, God. I've learned at this point that I should say no, but I am going to say yes. What is Iron Man's favorite movie? <sighs> What's Iron Man's favorite movie? Ferris Bueller. Oh, I, I get it. Because Ferris is like... Bye. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>